bringing you all of the local motocross racing from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. The Imperative MX Podcast. Here's another episode. And we're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 15. And man, we're glad to be back for another week and another episode. We are bringing you all of the local motocross action from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. Thank you so much for joining us this week on yet another episode. I am your host, Zach Newberry, and we would like to thank everyone who has been enjoying these first couple of episodes already and the great positive feedback from these, from you guys, the listeners, has been phenomenal. If you have not yet checked out any of the past episodes, do yourselves a favor and check them out after this one, which is now available everywhere. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Pandora, Listen Notes, and many more to choose from. Uh, Also, uh, to listen to the past episodes with uh, awesome guests. It is fantastic to see the support from the local community and even outside the local community in the sport of motocross all of your support is uh absolutely phenomenal and we want to thank you guys the listeners for tuning in to this week's episode here on the imperative mx podcast for another episode we have a lot to talk about when it comes to local racing all the way to professional and everything in between with that there are a good amount of talking points to chat about in this episode First, we will get into some local motocross racing action from the North Carolina and Virginia states with some races coming up. Then we are back with the highly favorited Dirt Industries Custom Graphics Local Legends segment with a call in from Jim Neese to speak about his racing career, funny training moments myself and him had, his son Luke uh, that we actually just talked to in last uh, week's episode number 14 in the 250 Supercross East class and his racing and much more coming from Jim here in just a bit. Finally, we will have a surprise guest, Garrett Marchbanks on that muck-off FXR Club MX racing team. He will call in and break down all of the chaos that ensued Saturday night in Tampa for Monster Energy AMA Supercross. And of course, you guys already know, we're going to get so much more into everything else on this episode number 15 of the Imperative MX podcast. Make sure to check us out by searching Imperative MX on Instagram, Facebook, and our popular TikTok channel if you not have already done so. Thank you guys so much for all of the support on all of our social media platforms as we continue to grow. And actually, right before we got on here, I checked the YouTube and we are up over 600 at 610. So that is fantastic to see and before we go any further we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors on board here on the imperative mx podcast west virginia motorsports fxr silver valley mx park hydropower dirt industries custom graphics and mika metals don't forget to check out imperativemx.com when you get a chance a ton of new things are already live up there just like the sponsor logos that are in the banner at the top. Click those logos and it will bring you directly to the company's website. Purchase your products directly from the link on the website. Uh, Some of them actually help us out. So doing that will help us out. So we thank you guys so much that uh, the ones that have already done so will be doing a lot of updates, reads, galleries, and so much more here in 2023. So be on the lookout for more coming to imperativemx.com. 
And, uh, yeah, we will get more into these awesome companies here uh, that are behind us here in just a little bit. Support the ones that support the sport, like these companies helping us out with this podcast to bring you these weekly episodes and helping me break down all of the talking points for tonight's podcast. The 2011 District 29 C-Class Champion, Heavy D. What's going on, Heavy? What is up, cuz? What hey, up? Hey, it is another day, and uh, man, it is uh, awesome to see uh, the support and uh, everything that we have going on here uh, at Imperative MX. And uh, man, we got to see a lot of crazy racing this weekend. And uh, man, we're going to get into it in just a little bit. I know you're stoked. And uh, yeah, man, it was cool. Oh, dude, absolutely. It's, it's funny, like, you know, you was talking about a YouTube channel. I, I was just sitting here and I was just like, while you're doing the intro, I'm scrolling, you know, and I was like, you know, I want to see how many subscribers were up to on YouTube. And I seen it was like 16 or something. And I was like, dang, dude, like, that's awesome to support. It's like unreal, dude. It's, and, it, you know, I feel like it's only going to get better. So uh, we got some awesome guests and the racing was insane. So I can't wait till we get into it. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, everything that is uh, going on behind us, we can't thank West Virginia Motorsports enough. If uh, you are looking for your next ride, look no further than my friends over at West Virginia Motorsports. If you are around the surrounding area and looking for a brand new or pre-owned motorcycle, dirt bike, and or ATV, make sure to stop by Prince Vir- uh, Win- uh, sorry, <laughs> Princeton, West Virginia's uh, West Virginia Motorsports. Don't forget to order your parts for your current bike through West Virginia Motorsports or alongside walking out the door with that brand new ride and uh don't forget those oil filters and air filters like uh like you did heavy d and don't catch them on fire no i don't do that that's we ain't we, we trust me that's not a road you want to go down yeah uh i'm sorry that that has stuck with you but it's it's too good <laughs> oh dude that was gonna stick with me forever every time i mess with a filter i always check and see if there's any fire hazards around <laughs> Yeah, make sure you always have the fire extinguisher uh, right next to you, right on the hip. Never know what could happen. Uh, Heck yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of, we have no idea uh, what could happen. Let's get into some local motocross racing, and that came from uh, at, you know local races. You never know what could happen until you cross the checkered flag, kind of like uh, this weekend in Tampa. Man, don't turn your back uh, right before the checkered flag. You never know what could happen in the last two turns, man. Uh, so... Uh, but anyways, uh, local motocross racing, uh, NCMX, uh, the Southeastern Winter MX Series, Dreamville Heavy D will be there this weekend, February 17th through the through the 18th. So I know that people are going to get their riding in before the uh, Loretta Lynn's qualifier. I know South of the Border is just a couple weekends away at the uh, end of February. Yeah, are you, I meant to ask you, are you racing South of the Border? No, uh-uh. Oh, okay. Uh-uh. I, I don't know why. I was wondering if you were or not. I wasn't sure. I got asked if you were for some reason. Nah, NCM, <laughs> NCM, um, uh, yeah, NCMX is going to be the first one. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. That will be my first qualifier. I think it's in May, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't have my calendar in front of me, so don't quote me on that. Um, But, yeah, uh, Dreamville, Heavy D, that's uh part of your stomping ground. So, yeah, they're going to have a race this weekend, so... Uh, if you're not doing anything and from uh, the surrounding area, make sure you guys go and check out uh, the racing action down there. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Dreamville is it's awesome. Like, it's, oh, yeah, that's definitely my old stopping grounds. It's pretty cool because it's like, 
man, it was, you know, it was known as wide open for years. And like when my buddy Trey and myself, you know, his parents helped out a ton and they're the ones that own it now. But like when we first started, it was like, man, let's, let's try and turn this thing around and get it back to how it used to be. And like now you got Alex wages over there and dude, he's killing it. He puts in the time in all day, just about every day through the week. And he grinds and grinds and grinds to get, make sure that place is prime time on the weekends to ride. And, you know, I think it was the last race they had. He made some track changes and, uh, I heard everybody liked it. So, you know, it's, it's definitely sweet, you know, uh, he's a local himself. So, putting all the work in so local racing can, you know, be on a come up is, I mean, that's what you want. Absolutely. And uh, that's what we support here. And that's what we hope uh, you guys, the riders and listeners uh, do as well. And uh, if you are around the Virginia area, uh, Lake Sugar Tree will be having their Moonlight Indoor MX Series this weekend. So make sure to check out uh, their Facebook page for all the details and all of that. Uh, Other uh, racing or practices that you know of this weekend i'm sure uh maybe a couple tracks will be open this weekend but i didn't look at the weather for north carolina i looked a little bit at virginia and it looks good on sunday i don't know uh about uh saturday and sunday down there do you do you have a d uh it's supposed to rain like um let me look because i always keep like my weather channel up you know gotta stay on top of it yeah but it's calling for some rain friday but there it's only showing it for like a few hours and it's nothing heavy it looks like it's a little light so of course saturday and sunday it's going to be prompt especially oh dude sunday will be perfect awesome. like saturday is going to be like 33 in the morning 55 in the afternoon and sunday with the sun and then sunday will be like kind of overcast 33 and 60 so the track conditions will be unreal there trust me i've dealt with it enough like when it's like that Dude, the track conditions are so good. It's like, it's those days, they're so good, you don't want to leave. And it's like, you can't wait to go back and hoping they're just as good the next time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, speaking on uh, some local motocross racing action, we're going to go ahead and get the local legend himself, Jim Neese, here on the line. Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. For over 10 years, we've designed, uh, manufactured, and marketed the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer markets. Their high-quality decals are considered by many to be the best in the industry. The awesome graphics and decals decals are utilized by professionals and weekend warriors alike. The highly acclaimed design team is well-equipped to help uh, their customers get the look they want in a short amount of time, so make sure to go and check out Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, who helps put on this local legend here. And uh, speaking of local legend, we have one on the line right now, Jim Neese. Jim, how you doing, buddy? I appreciate you coming on here. Thanks, man. It's good to hear from you guys. Absolutely. And uh, I saw you this weekend uh, in Tampa, and Luke had a, uh, a better main event than he did in uh, Houston. So uh, how did it go for you? Uh, it's always good for me as long as he comes out healthy and happy and um I'm just enjoying it, man. Trying to, to take a step back a little bit and just try to enjoy it instead of being all stressed out all the time. Yeah. And so it's which is difficult to do. Yeah, no, I can c- completely understand and uh yeah. like I said, you know, uh it's different this year. You know, Luke's not on a team, he's doing the privateer himself. He was on the podcast last week and 
Uh, it's cool for you to come on this week. And, um, man, he was talking about all of the great support that he could get without a team. And you guys sat down uh, kind of right after uh, everything kind of settled there at the end of racing. And you guys think that that was the best option to do? And uh, coming from you, obviously, in Arena Cross, it's, uh, you know, what you used to do as well. So uh, can you speak on that and kind of what the decision led to? Yeah, for sure. You know, we, uh, I mean, obviously I've been through it for years and years and, and on my own and with teams and everything else. So it was just kind of, you know, when you're, when you're coming up through everything, you see the teams, you see the rigs, you see the, all the, you know, the stuff and you're like, man, that's, that's where we need to be. And, and the, in the grand scheme of things, it sounds great and looks great. And to begin with, it really is cool because when you're at the track as a, as a, as a rookie, when you're on a team, you're being noticed a little more. You're not being in the back corner when nobody's seeing you. So for confidence, it's a big, big deal. I think um, after that first year or two, you you need something that you're happy with, not just you know what I mean. Like it, it's a tough situation because these teams do a good job and they're helping the kids and stuff, but they just they just don't give them what they need. Sometimes they don't listen to what they need, and and I get it because they've got a lot going on and and you know, every rider's different and some of them just like to complain about everything. So, um, but man, it's a short lifespan in this sport. So if, if you're just hanging on to these teams just so that you can sit in the limelight for a little while, then, then you're going the wrong direction, you know? So we, we just kind of sit down and we're like, man, we, we have to, to make the call here. I mean, we had no plans at all. Like seriously, we're like, look, we'll go, we'll, we'll buy and finance a motorcycle. If we have to right. hop in the van and, and I'll mechanic for you if that's what it comes down to. And, <clears throat> but we'll make sure you have what you want right on the bike you know and um engine everything mm-hmm. so uh um that's what we did and and literally the 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 rg sponsor just just fell in our lap um brandon is the owner of rg he, he literally emailed me or texted me i think out of the blue yeah and um i'm like awesome yeah <laughs> so, like that's so, kind of what we yeah. needed you know yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. but we had decided yeah like before the supercross was even over last year that that's what we were doing yep. one way or the other we'd figure it out yeah and um so yeah so that's what we did no that's awesome and especially your background and uh and your knowledge and all of the racing that you do i know you kept connections uh all the way through and uh all of that to help uh luke along the way and um, one of the questions, you know, one of the things, you know, uh, if for the listeners that don't know, myself and Jim, uh, Jim trained me uh, for, I don't know, 10, 12 years, and about Long half time. of it I spent uh, my entire summer because I still went to public school, and then um, throughout the summer I stayed at uh, Josh Hall's house, or I stayed at uh, your house, Jim, and uh, in yeah. the apartment for, uh, you know, two years or whatever the case may be, and uh, Man, we, uh, I never actually, you know, sat down and asked you a lot of questions about, uh, you know, kind of your past and, and your racing. So it's kind of cool for me to, to relive, uh, kind of your past and what you went through to kind of get to where you were. Cause you know, when I was growing up, obviously, you know, I was trying to race and I was trying to get to that level. Right. And then, yeah. you know, it kind of hits you where you're like, man, you don't, you don't really get it or, uh, or you don't got it anymore or, you know, you get hurt right. the case may be. So, uh, one of my, you know, one of my questions now is, uh, you know, how much are you actually involved? Cause you, you know, you raced for such a long time and, and, uh, it, you know, even at a professional level in arena cross, you know, you did it up until, I, I don't know, Jim 35, right? Like somewhere around there. Yeah. I think my last race was 
42 or something like that minios in the vet class so <laughs> but yeah i still raced uh i still raced arena cross like the year or two before that so like yeah. like one of one of lights east race or something i don't so the arena cross was just just cool to me so yeah. um yeah it kind of kind of came easy but um yeah so i raced a long time yeah uh how much are you <laughs> actually involved with uh you know uh, throughout the week because i know you don't live down there uh you know with no. Luke. so <clears throat> how much are you involved are you texting him and calling him throughout the week to see kind of what he did and kind of keeping an eye on that or are you letting uh, him kind of do it on his own yeah you, you know we still help a tiny bit financially with stuff so i, I feel like i can be involved a little bit right right but, right um, but I try to, I try to give him as much space as I can. Um, and you know, he's what, four years in now. So, right. so, you know, he's, he's an adult now, but, yeah. um, so, so I try to give him what he needs because, you know, I'm not just dad, I'm, I'm the X racer and, you know, so he has to hear, he has to hear that shit all the time. So yeah. he's, he's tired of that. So I, I'm um, sure. I'm sure. And yeah. I, I guess that's kind of why you gave him, you know, his space. Cause he was like, all right, yeah. come on dad. Like, all right. I'm, yeah. you know. So yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah. So no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I do a whole lot. Like I've only been down even watching practice maybe three times in the last two years. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, down to club. So honestly it just makes me nervous too. So it's just hard to watch sometimes, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I give that. him the space for sure. I, I helped put the team together just because I've done it before, you know, like calling people and trying to get stuff together and telling him what he needs to do. And, um, but, but otherwise, yeah, I just kind of try to try to give advice, um, yeah. and make sure it's all going in the right direction. No, that's awesome. Uh, Jim Neese here on the imperative MX podcast, episode number 15, local legend himself, heavy D. Yeah. Like I'm, I mean, I don't know if you remember me or not, but I've seen you a lot. I've been around you a pretty good bit too. I've well. been around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know my dad used to tell me stories about you back in the day a pretty good bit. So I think it's pretty awesome. But like I know one thing I've all I, I wanted to ask is like I think it's pretty cool. Like you're a legend, like you, you've been around the scene, you know, done a lot of the sport and now like you have Luke. What what's that feeling like, you know, being a dad and it's like you you were fast. And you have a son that loves the sport just as much, and he's hell fast as well. Like, what's that like? Being able to like, all right, you know, that's my kid out there. Like, he's <laughs> actually throwing down. Uh, you know, it's funny because to begin with, like Luke was Luke's kind of a slow bloomer. Like he was always fast, but not like he wasn't like you know how some people came up like Stroop and those guys that were just just badasses right out of the gate. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and Luke wasn't that guy. He was always a top three guy or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always had a shot, you know, at Loretta and stuff like that, but he was never, first of all, I came up with a really fast group in my opinion. Um, like it was oh, a bunch absolutely. of fast guys in his era. Yeah. Um, so, so that, that was a struggle, but you know, I, I feel like he's just recently really started coming into his own and, <clears throat> and getting the speed that he's capable of. Um, but no, to answer your question, it's, it's awesome, man. I, I'm like, couldn't be more proud, you know, probably would rather play baseball or something but <laughs> <laughs> but no no it's you know, i'm a nervous wreck man I, it because you know because i see stuff when he's riding that like normal people don't see because i'm like oh shit like I, you know like if he bottles here or i see something in the track and because i see all that you know because yeah. i've done it and um oh. especially like if a track gets gnarly like this weekend when it started raining and they're still hitting the dragon back and still hitting the whoops i'm like dude oh my god just 
just pull off. <laughs> and I like I see where like I mean I'm I'm a dad. I just had a little girl, but yeah, like seeing where you're coming from because like what I love about Luke, if it's something like nobody else on the, is doing on the track, he will try it. Yeah, it's like and I love that about his style. It's like you see him do stuff. I'm like. Dude, did you really just do that? Like, <laughs> like I think that's uh, too. I think he's just realized how good he is at his timing and stuff. He's he's starting to have more confidence because I'm like, he'll see something and somebody struggles with him. Like, dude, that's you, you can do that easily. Like, that they made it look hard, but that's that should be easy for you, right? Um, oh yeah, he is really good with his timing and stuff, which is good. Like, you can't teach that stuff, you know. So, oh um, yeah, I, I'm seeing like actual talent. I remember we was at club one time for like a. I think it was uh, the open house, and he was on the practice track. And at the time, like, they had, like, two singles and, like, a table, table. And he, like, scrubbed the first single and sent the second single onto the last table. Mm-hmm. It, like, was literally looking undoable, and he did it like yeah. a second lap. You see, that's why I don't watch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, that's why. <laughs> but, I mean, you're right. He did have a hard group. I, I remember he had yeah. like a like a Pennington, Cameron well, Cannon, Logan Stokes. He yeah. was in the group. It was all that whole, you know, his group all came up with um, like Swole. Um, yeah. Uh, like that Sexton whole group moved up time. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, we were went to Loretta's every year with that. You know, there was I think there was that one year, the last year at Loretta's, there was like six factory kids or something. I'm like, man, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's insane. It's like yeah. the amount of talent, and that's why I think it's pretty cool. I'm like that amount of talent, and it's like, all right, of all people, it's like Luke, your son is in that group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And uh, actually, Jim, let's go back to your racing uh, days for a minute. You had a great career. Uh, especially in my opinion, and uh, got to be in the training route with, uh, you know, coaching and uh, for multiple years and after and even after racing some arena cross in between and uh, then just racing or training alone. Are you happy and satisfied with the career looking back on it now? Um, yeah, I am. You know, obviously you can go back and say, well, I could have, should have, would have done this or this, you know, um, but overall i'm i'm completely satisfied you always wish you could have changed a couple things here and there um but yeah i mean i had a really long long career um you call it a career you know it was paying the bills so yeah we can call it that and and yeah i was happy for sure i I got out you know when i quit the last race i had like i said was minios in the vet class and i broke my wrist and that that like the last six months i was thinking man i'm just not into it like I, for, for whatever reason, I had lost that. I don't know what it was, but the yeah, when I, was, when I was done, I was when I was done, I was done. Yeah. And if you'd asked me two years before that, I'd be like, "You're crazy, man! I'll ride till I'm 80." Yeah. You know, so yeah, when I was, I, I don't know, because I mean, I literally raced since I was 10 years old, and back then we raced probably 40, 40, 45 weekends out of the year. Yeah. So I did that for forever. You know, so it's been a lot of racing for sure. So, um, and I I never had any huge injuries, so I never had any downtime necessarily other than, you know, four or six weeks. And, uh, so that's a lot of racing, man. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. 
uh, I mean, and, and you did it at a professional level for a long time uh, also with a, with Arena Cross. So you were banging it, you know, banging into a lot of, you know, young guys out there and trying to show them, you know, everything that uh, Arena Cross shows. So, no, that's uh, – yeah. that's, uh, that's It's funny awesome. that you said that too. Like, a lot of people don't realize I did Supercross before Arena Cross. Arena Cross was kind of – I felt like on my way out. You know, Arena Cross back then was – where the ex supercross went guys went right. to die <laughs> yeah well and so. <laughs> you know i actually i actually looked uh you know through your results uh actually a couple of years ago and uh still to this day i know you know back in i think it was the year that i was born i think uh and <laughs> <laughs> was when you got on the podium in i can't you got second uh where was yep. that at I got second in uh, St. Louis. Yep. In '98, uh, I think. '98. Okay, never uh, mind. That was I, okay. I'm speaking yep. like, uh, well, I got, like you're a little bit I got older. Third. Yeah, I got third in '96 um, in Atlanta, I think. Yeah, and you and you so, rode a lot of different bikes throughout your time in Supercross oh, and, and Arena Cross. I mean, yep. you. I mean, it was a rainbow over there for you. Yeah, yeah, I rode everything, man. I, I raced <laughs> to make money. Yeah, so, and whatever had the con- con- you know what contingency, mean? you know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I went on Huskies before they were cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, you were on KTMs but, and Supercross before they were good, you know? Yeah, they that was for that, uh for Litz Racing, and that I think it was called Moto Planet, and Robbie Horton was on the team, and he actually podiumed that year. So, yeah. Um, uh, that was the first ever for KTM. Yeah, and uh, West Virginia Motorsports, who actually helps us out here on the Imperative MX uh, podcast, uh, they used to help out Summy back in the day. And I know you did a lot of oh, yeah. uh, arena cross races with him, and also supercross yeah. as well. So, uh, no, yeah, it's cool. Some used to stay with me. Some also, we trained with Sammy too. Yep, and that's what um, uh, Brian was telling me as well. Um, speaking of uh, Dirt Industries custom graphics, uh, local legend uh, Jim, who is your local local legend uh, growing up that you were just shocked every single time that you saw them, and they were just balls fast. Oh man, it was it's hard because. Well, it had to be Bradshaw, Damon yeah. Bradshaw, because he was just a year or two older than me. So I actually raced with him some, but he was still, man, he was just, he was the man. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was on 80s and everything else. It was um, the, the the skill and the attitude all together. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'd have to say Bradshaw. I mean, I had heroes, David Bailey, and those guys had posters on the wall, but Bradshaw was the was the man for yeah. sure. Uh, out of all of the, this is a personal kind of question for me, but uh, out of all of the kids that you trained and got to see, you know, in the North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, all of these uh, areas, who was one? Who was that one rider that just automatically you knew had it, and sure enough, they did have it and go on to have a great career. That I've worked with. Yep. You're asking. Uh, probably, I guess tickle probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Work because. Yeah, Tickle and uh, actually Brock Tickle and Kyle Peters were both kind of like my first full time guys. Yep. Um, and um, and Tickle was just that guy. Yeah, yeah. Tickle would stay at his grandma's house, and then we'd meet at the track every day. Yep. <clears throat> but yeah, that dude did it. Matter what you asked of him, he did it. There was never complaining. There was never. It didn't matter how bad the track was. Just he just did it. You know. So I think probably 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 Brock. That's awesome. Uh, what was one of my weaknesses training out of twelve years? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, <laughs> it's man. It's not me the, how long have we got? What, what, uh, how long is the show? Said how long do we have? 
Oh man, that's good. Oh man. Um, just speaking on uh, training facilities and all of that. Uh, you know, you did your training, and also, uh, you know, Luke down, uh, trains down at Club MX. Um, do you feel like it's made uh, the local racing harder to have? Uh, you know, kind of full man gates and kind of what's your opinion on training facilities and uh, kind of the local racing where uh, guys just kind of stick to training facilities and that yeah. that's it and they just go to like big amateur races um which yeah, no, I, yeah i've heard you guys mention that before i absolutely agree that and i love the training facilities look don't get me like they're awesome right the club is right. awesome oh yeah um like top notch everything they do but all the training facilities in general the the fact that we have those now definitely hurt the the local scene yeah um because you ride all week man like you're just you're exhausted on the weekend mm-hmm. or or that's where you spend all your money, you know, and then they just, well, let me, let me back up. That's not the only thing that's hurt the local scene. The huge amateur nationals have also hurt yes. the local scene yeah. um, because the summer is just based around Loretta's mm-hmm. period. Yep. If you're not going, you're either doing, you, you know, your areas, your regionals and then Loretta's and that, that literally takes up the entire summer. So, mm-hmm. you know, the training facilities have a little bit to do with it, but honestly, I think of the fact that, that Loretta's has become such a beast that it just it, it absorbs everything you know what i mean like that's yeah. all you hear about and that's all people do so and it's a shame um because like i said when i was growing up we raced at least 40 weekends a year every year yeah um so and <clears throat> and that's just how it was it's different times you know and i don't i honestly don't see how they do it i know they, they practice with different intensities than we used to but i just don't see how they come out swinging the way they do without racing any more than they do yeah, it's, I mean it's impressive for sure, but uh, it's just it's just different times. Yeah, because I mean back in your day, and even me, I can go on to the AMA rider search and look up. You know, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, seven. You know, we were doing forty races a year. You know, yeah. and now yeah. it's eighteen or twenty for most of these yeah. people, and sometimes even less, just because they're going to you know one or two big amateur nationals and spoke and you know. Uh, relying their entire year on one race. And I, I really don't right. think that that's kind of the best way to uh, go about it. And even when you get to a professional rank, like there's a lot of guys from, you know, North Carolina area that we that we know of that didn't really get a good uh, chance or a really good shot off uh, off the rip right after they left Loretta's because of that. So, yeah, um, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of unfortunate. But um, final question. Uh, and you probably knew this was coming, but for the listeners here that didn't know, talk about the night that you cut my hair and turned it into a mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy D's gonna well, like this one. Heavy D's gonna like. Well, you this were one. asking, you were asking for a faux hawk, which, if I remember right, was just slightly, slightly shorter than than the strip in the middle. Yep. And when I went to put the clippers on, I forgot left the guard off. <laughs> so, the after the very first swipe there I, I pretty much asked if you sh- were sure you didn't want a full-blown mohawk so because it was it was already the there. yeah it was already <laughs> there so yeah he gave me a full-on uh mohawk so he may be a very very good motocross trainer and very good uh you know rider but uh don't ask jim niece for a haircut hopefully you haven't <laughs> given you one since. Me, so, yeah. yeah yeah well hey you know we had to have trust you jim we went to you for 12 years you know <laughs> So and we went to we went to club once and we also went to um, Millsaps once too. So no, we were loyal uh, loyal customers uh, to the Jimney's uh, <laughs> rider development. That's for yeah. sure. Uh, Heavy D, any uh, any final questions? 
Oh, no. Oh, yeah, actually. <laughs> this ain't a question. This is actually a story. Uh, he may oh, not boy. He said, um, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this isn't from a Ranger Cross weekend, is it? <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, you, you were training. You were riding and doing some training this day. Um, I don't even remember because Worth Hunter, when he used to train with you. Yeah, yeah. So, I remember we were out at Center Road one day during the week when they had like that Wednesday practice during the day, you know? Yeah. And you had some guys out there, and you happened to be riding. And it was, I don't know if you remember the big step up they used to have. They took it out, and you would kind of like stay straight, make a left, make yeah. a right, and then you made that left again to go back up on the top side. And just this particular day, you were just railing this corner. I mean, it was ungodly fast. <laughs> I'll never forget you went around like I, I don't know how many laps I did but I swear you lapped me like three times <laughs> and, and my dad was standing there and he, he waved me off and he said you just need to get out of the way and sit here and learn <laughs> watch him go through this corner <laughs> and he literally made me sit there and watch you go to that corner over and over and over again. So you weren't a fan of mine, is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, no, no. It was pretty fun. I, like, that particular day, I was like, I just kind of wish he would pull off so I could ride. Though <laughs> <laughs> he stays out there, the longer I'm out to watch this. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, this is not my jam right now. <laughs> I really want to ride. So, uh, okay. But it was pretty awesome, though. I, I remember that, like, Real specifically because just that day, it, I was just like, man, he is really going fast right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get it done. <laughs> you got to give it up Very to cool. uh, Mike Brown for going as long as he's had. Uh, Dude, Jim. I don't That's even. Ridiculous. I don't even know how that. Yeah, I have no idea, man. No, there's no explanation for that because he's raced as much as I have. I mean, I grew up with him. Yeah, I just. I don't even know how he does. Like I can't. Even if I wanted to ride right now, I can't. Like I hurt so bad when I ride. My <laughs> joints or elbows. Like, like it's painful. Yeah. So the fact that he still goes like he goes. Like the last couple of times I saw him racing local stuff, and he's literally racing with Luke. I'm like, man, w- when you're racing your competition's children, That's it's perfect. time to get out, man. He, it's yeah. time to retire. Holy like, cow! <laughs> yeah. And you know he's a he he knows the sport and you know that he's been fit for a very long time so he, oh, he so I know that he does very well down there at uh Alden, yeah. Alden's place so uh, yeah but he's, I was he's a machine I was thinking about one of the uh, flaws I had it had to be me uh blowing out every corner because I would come in way too hot and I would blow that's out, right I yep. would blow out now, all the I corners remember that now yep. yep. It was that one corner next to the tree at Rolling Hills, that left-hander. Because because you were like, dude, you're just dragging the back brake, so technically you're not even letting <laughs> off. You're just going all the way through it. And sure enough, you know, and uh, you made me actually go and get the tractor and go and fix it myself one day <laughs> because you were like, dude, like, you're going to fix it yourself now. Yeah, and then, you're going to keep blowing them out. You're going to fix it. Yep, yep, and then go get back on your bike and redo it. And also, uh, if there was any jump that you built, like I remember Speed Compound when you built the triple. I remember me, yeah. Josh Hall. I, I can't remember who else was there, but I remember uh, you had just built it, and you were like, hey, uh, Zach, fourth gear wide open. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what? And you're like, trust me. I'm like, okay. So, I mean, I made it. 
I made it, but uh, <laughs> or um that one day where Josh uh, yeah. almost died at, uh almost died over that triple trying to whip in his uh back flat. Tire. Yeah, yeah flat. flat tire or something. Yeah. Oh. I was pissed. I remember that. Yeah, like, you what were. the hell are you doing? He's like, No, no, I had a flat, I had a flat. Yeah, you pulled him <laughs> off. We were in the middle of a moto. Yeah. 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 That was some good times, man. We had to, we had a lot of good times from the bunk beds in Greensboro, uh all oh, the way wow. to the apartment. And uh yeah, it was uh it was cool. And uh no, thanks a lot, Jim, for coming on here. Uh Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, local legend segment, Jim Neese. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it and uh good luck to Luke and Arlington coming up in uh in two weeks. Yep. Yep. And congrats to you guys, man. Y'all y'all killing it. Good job. Proud of you, man. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. And uh Thank yeah. you. Yep, appreciate it, man. Have a good night. Yep, y'all too. All right, man. Bye. All right, see you. And that was Jim Neese, local legend himself, here on the Imperative MX podcast. Heavy D, man, uh, good interview. I really, uh, I, I really enjoy talking to Jim. And you know, I was in Tampa this weekend and got to catch up with him uh, a little bit there uh, while he was busy uh, doing all of that stuff at the track for Luke. But no, it's cool to still see that he's uh, he's in the sport and uh, you know helping his son also. So. Oh, oh, dude, absolutely! And I don't care. I don't care what he says. I think if he really wanted to, he's just not trying to unleash the beast. If he wanted to get out there and pull a Mike Brown. I think he could do it, dude. I'm telling you, like if think if Jim continue. I hope he listens to this. Think if Jim continued, bro. I think it would be a Jim Neese and Mike Brown duel until the graveyard. I mean, okay, let's think about this. How old is Mike Brown right? I mean, I'm at, I'm at Jim Neese right now. Uh, dude, I I don't know. Um, uh, continue to talk. I'll look it up. Um, okay, I want to say he is at least in his forties. I ain't trying to put no age on Jimmy, but at that time when I raced, he had he he was definitely like in his mid to late thirties. Oh, oh yeah, no, and, he went he went all the way until he was uh over thirty for sure. Yeah, like I want to say he had to be at least 34, 35, maybe even 36, like that day I was riding. And he was like, Bucko was hauling ass. Like, I can't even fathom how fast he was going. Like, yeah. when I tell you, like, if you would have seen him hit this line, it was unreal. I was <laughs> like, how is it even holding him in there? That's unreal. Uh, okay, so I. I can't figure it out, but I know I don't think he's over fifty. But don't quote me on that. But uh, he very well could be. I'm not sure, so don't quote me on that. But anyways, uh, it was cool uh for myself to see him in Tampa, and uh, also um just to hear a little bit about his uh racing career and everything that he did from Supercross to Arena Cross and uh all of the training that he did. And yeah, I you know, trained with him for, uh, 12 years, like I said, and man, it was good times. And I got to see a lot of guys come and go, come and go. And a lot of guys that stuck. Um, and we got to, we got to put in a lot of hard, uh, hard hours in the humidity of North Carolina in the middle of, uh, July and, uh, in a little bit of August. And also he helped me out a lot with arena cross too. And, uh, you know, that was where, um, I got a lot of my top accolades, uh, you know, from, so, uh, no, it was really cool to hear uh, from Jim. When was the last time that you actually saw uh, Jim Heavy D? Oh, well, it's been a while. 
I want to say the actual last time I saw Jim is when it was 20, I want to say 2019 in California. Um, well, no. Yeah. Well, no, it was in uh, Arizona, actually. Arizona, the uh-huh. Supercross future. Because Luke had to get uh, like two more points to get his uh, Supercross license. Yeah. And it was funny because he crashed in the heat. He had to go to the LCQ. He got into the LCQ, and dude got like second or third in the main and got the rest of his points. That's Because they thought they were going to have to go to um, Anaheim to get him, and he ended up getting the last few in Arizona, actually. Oh. He was hurting, too. He took a digger from hell. Excuse my French. Mm. But Mm-mm-mm. he got it done. Hey, that's all that matters. And and I really yeah. hope Luke can get back to his 2021 uh mojo here put it in the main event every single time start working his way up towards the uh you know towards the top 10 um he finished 16th this weekend so um hopefully he can continue moving forward and hydropower i actually gave uh luke and michael hicks some hydropower garrett over there at hydropower the sports nutritionist behind it all the guy that you see on their social media their tiktok their instagram garrett sent me two tubs to give them uh, to try and uh, waiting for their response. They were going to take a week uh, to try it and test it while they're down at Club MX. And um, I don't know where Hicks rides during the week, Um, but uh, they were going to get back to me and uh, Garrett on that. But I know that it's definitely going to definitely going to work because it works for me. Somebody that's off the couch and heavy D you can attest myself at Silver Valley. I mean, off the couch, you know this and, I was throwing down a little bit, you know. Oh, oh, the mojo was burning in his veins. That that hydropower, it let, it just showed him the way. I was illuminating uh, blue out there <laughs> with the hydropower, and uh, hydropower is formulated by a sports nutritionist Garrett himself to help eliminate arm pump and increase your endurance, so you can ride safer and faster. Make sure to check out Drink hydropower.com to get your blue raz today and make sure to go and check out imperativemx.com at the top right banner uh, on the desktop or just above if you're looking at it on mobile make sure to check uh, or click on hydropower and it will uh, take you directly to their site where you can buy it and we get a small slice of that so that would be greatly appreciated for you guys to uh, use that link each time that you buy uh, hydropower and make sure to get the blue raz today. I heard that they are coming out with a new flavor and testing in the works, so that's going to be awesome uh, from the guys at Hydropower, and we can't thank them enough for coming on board. And also Mika Metals, the brand new sponsor. Uh, we had the giveaway for the handlebars, and the next giveaway will be here in the next month or so. So make sure you guys do check that out. But Mika Metals strives to be the leader in product quality. Their bars are constructed of 6061 aerospace aluminum and have a unique design that allows them to retain maximum strength while still having the flex riders deserve. Mika sprockets are made from 7075 aerospace aluminum, the highest standard in the industry. Their torque u- tooth design maximizes wear and lets you ride longer. And uh, don't forget to check out their chains and everything else that they have on their website. Uh, make sure to go and check out MikaMetals.com and check out the inventory for yourself. And uh, 
FXR Heavy D, man, uh, we gotta get we gotta start going to some local races so we can uh, check out these lick kits here uh, within the next couple of weeks. Uh, FXRs they got some very very good looking kits coming into 2023, especially with that uh, limited edition military uh, suit that they had on. Uh, not not suit gear uh, that they had on <laughs> this weekend with uh, Jeremy Martin, the military camo look. It looked good. Oh, dude, like, I've been looking at this stuff, dude, and it's, it is sick. Like, it honestly, it's, it's making me, I, I'm, I'm in the works of cutting some heaviness off myself right now just to try to get into some sets. Yeah. You, uh, what are we doing? What's the training reg regiment look like? Well, I mean, right now, the training regiment is just, like, try to eat, like, a lot better, like, you know, I've I've went as far as oh, this is this is a sin for me. I like oh I've cut out chicken. Oh no, chicken. no way! It is that deep. No way! It is that deep, right? Yes, oh, I've cut goodness. out chicken. It is that serious. I've committed a true sin, and chicken is my jam, dude. It is my jam. I've cut out chicken. I, dude, I've even went as far as drinking unsweet tea. Oh, hey, and I saw it is, for myself, and that's and you know <laughs> that is crossing the line. That especially is crossing southern, like especially being southern. Holy, yes, I. Oh, you know, man. I'm not even being looked at the same right now. No, it is that deep. Well, whatever it is, to make sure that you fit into some FXR. Uh, I think that it will look good for you and uh, whatever uh, adventure you decide to go on, Heavy D, I know that they have the best in high-performance snow rider wear and motocross gear. Uh, you know FXR has you covered. The continuing growth of FXR means more selection for you. Jackets, jerseys, pants, gloves, snow gear, whatever the case may be, FXR has you covered. In my opinion, go and check out the best in sizing, fitting, and venting. For motocross riding gear, make sure to go check out fxrracing.com and find them on social media as well. And thank you for their continuing support. And uh, Heavy D, Silver Valley, uh, man, the only local national. Tell me about them, Heavy D. Oh, dude. Big, fast country. Big, fast country. And you know what? 2023 pro shootout. I'm already excited for it. I'm excited for it. You know, we, we, we've had some discussions, vague, some vague discussions about some things. And you know what? Man, I'm excited. It's, it's one you don't want to miss out on. Big track, elevation, roughness, gnarly ruts, intense racing. I'm telling you, you just you can't miss it. Like, if you haven't been, you need to go. Oh, absolutely. And. I haven't been there since I believe it was 2017 until this past year. And let me tell you, it is one of the gnarliest, if not the gnarliest track I have ever rode in my entire life. And I'll tell you what, Muddy Creek 2013, the very per first pro national that they had there. And they decided to take the two foot deep tiller out there. And I was the very first practice 250 C. Uh, yeah. Uh, Silver Valley has got it on point and that is uh is for sure and uh what's uh what's the race that's coming up in april correct 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the NCMX race, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, I actually have that one on my um, calendar. Oh, oh, you, oh, you gonna be up? Oh, you gonna be up in there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, like one hundred percent, we're gonna we're gonna be there, dude. Uh, and I actually may be doing some uh, announcing uh, for NCMX this year on uh, some selected dates. So. Uh, make sure you guys tune in to uh, hear a little bit more details. I'm gonna stick. Uh, I'm gonna stick my foot in the water with this uh, whole announcing gig, Heavy D. Oh, uh, what? What? Oh, oh, you ain't messing with me, are you? No, no. I'm gonna be doing some announcing this year. I like it. I like it. That's what I like to hear. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Mike called me the other day and let me know that uh, there's some uh, select events where. Uh, Zach Heron, you know, he's moving on to some greater and uh, better things, and there's just some of them that he won't be able to attend. And uh, so I may be, may be able to fill in those gaps. Uh, I'm going through uh, my schedule actually tomorrow to see uh, the ones that I can do up until June, and then I need to get a new calendar because that's all uh, that I have up until June. I need to fin- figure out the rest of the year. So uh, procrastinated, procrastination uh, at its best uh, for sure, but uh, when it comes to um, racing and FXR and uh, deep, gnarly stuff, we have a very surprise guest here on the line, Garrett Marchbanks. I already did the FXR ad read, actually, uh, Garrett, <laughs> but thank you very much for coming on to the Imperative MX podcast. Uh, man, uh, muck off FXR, Club MX, you're down uh, back at Club MX. How's it, how's it going and how's everything uh moving along for you from the injury uh it's been great i've been here for about uh five six weeks now uh just been training kids so far um been hitting the gym and cycling a lot it's it's been really good good deal and uh no your teammates have been doing uh really well uh alex has been doing phenomenal there on the uh on the east coast and i know he wants a little bit more but uh, we'll get to that here in a minute, and obviously on the West Coast, since we're going back there this weekend in Oakland, uh, you have to give uh, you know Philip obviously leading that uh, one race with the lights, and also uh, uh, Enzo. Enzo's riding phenomenal this year. Kind of, what's your take on uh, on the team right now? Yeah, Jeremy's uh, man. Both of them, Jeremy, uh, Phil, and Enzo, man, they've been running great. Now they've been they've been doing really well. No, oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome, and uh, man, let's uh, let's talk about uh the uh the 450 class, man. It's uh it's getting tight. Uh, Cooper Webb wins his uh for, wins his first race of the year, and uh, man, it's uh it's crazy to see. Kind of at the beginning, we really didn't know if uh if Cooper was going to be able to come back, but yeah, after a year and uh, almost two years, he finally gets to win. Kind of uh. What's your uh, what's your outlook on that? And even Heavy D, you can chime in a little bit. But yeah, uh, speak on Cooper Webb a little bit. Garrett, you can start if you like. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been watching the 450 class a lot, and I mean, Eli, Chase, and Anderson, and Coop. I mean, heck, I mean, there's a lot of fast guys in that class. It's still stacked. Uh, Cooper honestly just rode amazing last week. Uh, super consistent. Uh, stayed right there with Chase and. Uh, you know, he didn't really he, – he didn't make a lot of mistakes, and that's what, you know, earned him the, his win. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's just he's riding really good, super consistent. Um, I love 
I just love his riding style, you know, staying low in the turns, more of a, seems like he's a great technical rider. Uh, no, uh, I love it. Yeah, and he, he does really well in the uh, in the football stadiums compared to the baseball stadium, it, it feels like. Do you do you kind of agree? It kind of like the tighter, uh, in the tighter Supercross tracks where he can kind of cut down and all of that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, I would, I would totally agree with that. He's, uh, honestly, I forget what stadiums are what at oh, yeah, times. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I agree. I feel like he does really well when it's uh, especially hard-packed, drier stuff. You know, he he's not like a lot of the guys like Eli or Chase where he, you know, uses the whole berm. He stays super low on stuff. Uh, it seems like he's more of a, a main event guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's – I can definitely tell when the tracks are tight like arena cross, he's definitely a guy to compete with. For sure, heavy D. Yeah. Oh, you were gonna be. Were you gonna be riding two fifties or four fifties? I'm gonna be two fifties uh, the whole year. Oh, okay. So, man, it's cra- it's crazy because like sitting there watching, like it's crazy how much everybody just stepped up, like Phil, Jeremy, and Enzo, and it's like watching Enzo in practice, like even getting close, to, you know, on West Coast to getting some. Uh, top qualifying times and you know him running up front like for you i know i know it makes you that much more hungry to get back but like it's it's almost like dang you could if you wouldn't have been injured you know i'm it, it does suck but knowing like man i could have been up there getting some podiums heck even some wins yeah no especially i mean I didn't really get the ride with Enzo a whole lot. I think I only rode with him one or two times uh, max. Um, but it's mainly just me and uh, J-Mart riding a lot together. And heck, our, I feel like our pace was just really fast already with only uh, three to four weeks in the Supercross. Usually, uh, I don't know. I just never feel that good on the bike, you know, that, that soon. Uh, right. Especially after after taking a month off and then just getting right back into it. I mean, I know I've told a lot of people that was the best I feel every year, but honestly, uh, this year was the best or this off season was the best. I honestly felt ever on and off the bike. My gym was super good cycling, uh, you know, on the bike stuff. Like I never got tired which was super i was super happy with uh suspension was great motor package was great uh yeah it it definitely is a bummer because i know how good those guys are and i mean i definitely felt like i was one of the top guys on speed and practice and i know practice doesn't always count but i felt like mentally i was in a lot better headspace than i was last year and right. I definitely felt like I easily could have been a one to four guy every single weekend. And you know, I, I gotta say too, it like, like you said, the suspension and motor package was good. The bike, ha- for, I mean, I've all I got to say, you can't go fast if you're not comfortable. But dude, they're they're killing it, and it looks like the bike is just awesome. Like it looks like the team, like, like they, y'all come a long ways in in a short amount of time. Like the bike looks like it is handling like insanely good. Like you think that has a lot to do with 
you know, you feeling that good so soon as well? Um, yeah, uh, especially, you know, we, we made some changes on the off season with certain parts and, uh, going with some other things. And, uh, especially me, I, I was running air my first two years here on my forks and which I always thought I liked more than spring. Um, especially from my amateur years and through monster cup and then my rookie and second year uh pros um i i liked air more but i was i was mainly on spring that's what the team required back then right and so when i came to club they were like you choose whatever you you like so i was like well i'm gonna go back to my childhood days you know like i love this package more so i'm gonna run this right and i realized that's not that the air wasn't good enough for me i needed the spring and I realized testing it, I was, what would happen is in rhythms with the air, it would uh, throw me too high up in the air. My forks just couldn't handle how aggressive I rode the bike. Right. And the spring was uh, just handling that much better with it, you know, with the threes and the certain rhythms. So we went back to spring and honestly, like, we, we didn't take off a crazy amount of time. I'd say it was about half a second. But I was consistently running that half a second every lap. So then at the end of a 15, I mean, that's a huge, huge difference. So, um, yeah, that helped a lot. Going uh, different tires, that helped. Um, Yeah, no, honestly, like just with tire change and suspension change, you know, we we probably – I feel like I cut around a second to a second and a half off just my off-season one week. And, yeah, so, I mean – me and, me and Jeremy both, you know, did all that testing and, you know, the pace we were running, honestly, like if he could, and I love Jeremy, we talk all the time and I hope he gets a little bit more comfortable with the bike and, you know, I know it's his first year here, but honestly for how he rides that club, um, honestly, I could see him top three easy, if not a win here and there. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, do you, do you see Jeremy like on a daily basis that you're down there at club? Yeah, we're neighbors. So, yeah, we well, see each other you. all the time. Yeah, uh, it, it, yeah it's funny because uh, he's got a French, uh, Frenchy dog, and, uh, you know, we babysit every other weekend when he's out racing. So, yeah, we're, pre- we're pretty close yeah. now. So Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. And, uh, you know, do you guys kind of talk about over the weekend, or you kind of just let him do his own thing? Um, we didn't really a whole lot the first weekend. Um, I definitely really watched him after this past weekend. I could tell he was a little tight. Yeah. Um, not riding like himself and and that's nothing bad on him. I mean, I, I, I definitely, I get it. I mean, when I first came here, it was totally different bike. You know, I rode a Cowie for nine years and then jump into a Yamaha. I mean, it's a big change. A lot of people can, you know, adjust to it. Like it's nothing. Some guys, it takes a season or two. Yeah. And you know, for him, um, even though he rode Yamaha before, I mean, it's a different team. Right. And, you know, we definitely talked about some things. You know, I, I thought he could do better here and there. Just kind of give him, you know, my two cents. You know, maybe, I don't, I don't know if he takes it or not. You know, I know <laughs> I'm a lot younger than him. But, right. you know, I, I, but I, I still want to help him. I want to see my teammates do good. And yep. um, I hope he feels the same way about me. Oh, I I. I... 100% agree and and think he does 
uh, as well. And yeah, I think that he's he's just got to get a little bit more comfortable. And like you said, he was on you know the Monster Energy Yamaha Star Racing team last year, and um, on you know even though it was the same color, it's a different it's a different motorcycle underneath them. So um, no, that's awesome. And uh, Phil, he's still giving you shit every day, and everybody everybody there, right? Oh yeah, yeah, good old Phil. He's uh. <laughs> No, he's a good dude. I haven't seen him a whole lot since I've been here. We've talked here and there, but yeah. Um, honestly, with me, I've been actually training kids, uh, helping out with club, cool. uh, Monday through Friday. So I, I honestly don't get to see the guys too much, especially with Enzo and Phil. They don't live on the facility. Yeah. Uh, so, so we don't get really, we're not really able to talk a whole lot. But when we do, we we do uh, talk here and there. Yeah, and um, I do training myself on the on the side if uh, you know uh, riders are available at that time, and um, I really like the training aspect because it almost makes you kind of think about it a little bit more for when you go out uh, and riding and kind of make you go back to the basics and kind of just repeating that stuff in your head. You agree? Uh yeah, yeah. No, I I totally agree because you know uh, I I've been some schools back home. It, and uh when i came back um i definitely notice i remind myself way more when i'm riding instead of just kind of where before i'd make mistakes and someone would have to tell me on the pit board or after a moto where now i feel like during the moto i notice what i'm doing wrong and i feel like a lot of that is from training people right so i, I definitely do notice that it helps me a lot yeah no and i i I feel the exact same way, and that's why I like doing those uh, those training classes, especially for the younger kids, even though that it's very basic and it's very easy, right? Um, but it's good uh, for that, and also to see the progress. When somebody actually progresses and listens to you and does what you say and it looks good and they are comfortable with it, man, it's kind of almost like a small little reward, you know? So it's uh, it's cool. Um, man, g going back to uh, to Supercross and, and – uh, what happened this weekend in Tampa, and I was actually uh, there at the race, so uh, my first time at Raymond James Stadium. Were you there in 20 when they raced? Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah. Uh, how did you do? Do you remember? Um, I want to say it was uh, fourth or fifth, but as, as usual, I came from like 14th <laughs> to fifth or something like that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you come yeah. back, we're 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 getting better starts, right? We're gonna have the starts all dialed when we get back. Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, honestly, this off season was the best I felt on my starts. Um, heck, I was I was hole shotting most of the time. I mean, when me and Jeremy would do starts together, it was back and forth all the time. And usually before, I was kind of the guy that couldn't do them at all. Right. And I just felt like it was either one day through the week I'd hole shot them all, and the next day it was way off. So I. I, I definitely hope when I come back, my starts are still the same, uh, being consistent and good. Yeah, no, that's good. And um, yeah, going back to uh, going back to Tampa and uh, Chase had it, man, and and unfortunately he lost it there in in the whoops. And uh, do you think it was just a mistake, or do you think it was a little bit of mental games? With he knows that Cooper is behind him with about two minutes left to go, and he heard the crowd, you know the. Um, the lap before, I was actually standing right there at the triple, taking photos and and uh, heard the crowd and wasn't looking at the time. And sure enough, looked over and Webb made a mistake. And obviously, the crowd and you know Sexton kind of looks back and and sees that Webb is still on him. And maybe he thought that maybe he went down, but 
Do you think that that was kind of what messed with him, or do you think it was just a costly just mistake because the whoops were a little wet and slick and all of that? Uh, kind of what's your opinion? Um, I Who knows? Honestly, it could have been a combination of both. Uh, I mean, uh, it's not like I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know, Chase, so who yeah. knows? But uh, it looked like it was just a mistake. You know, a lot of guys make mistakes in whoops, especially – I mean, the 450, man, they're so brutal and gnarly. I mean, Cooper was getting through them good, but I believe he was just jumping through them, um, especially when a set's that hard-packed and chewed out and steep. I mean, it's got to be pretty hard to keep blitzing them through the whole main. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just looked like the front end kind of deflected off one of them, and then it just soaked one of them up wrong, and it just kind of preloaded the front end and just shot them off, so... I don't know. I just think it was maybe just a minor mistake and it cost him the win, but I mean, he's still right there in the title hunt. He still got up, managed a second, so that was good. Yeah, no, uh, for sure, and it makes the title chase a little bit uh, you know, tighter. I mean, these guys here, Eli, you know, Tomac, Sexton, and Webb, I mean, their average finishes are 2.8, 2.6, 2.8. You know, these guys are consistent. Anderson back there and fourth with a 5.0 and everybody back, you know, and um, we, you know, I kind of didn't want Eli to kind of just walk the dog on everybody and kind of get away, and it's glad, and I'm kind of glad that it got back to uh, a little bit of a series here because, uh, you know, myself and Heavy D, I mean, you know, we, we love the sport, and obviously you do too, and, man, we want to kind of see it go down to Salt Lake City, man. It would be uh, it would be good, and, um, yeah, Tomac just seemed to have an off night. Uh, Heavy D, what did, you, what did you think about uh, Tomac's night, man? It was kind of weird. Uh, I just, I just kind of feel like it was one of those ordeals where, I mean, I think that 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 shows like the kind of veteran Tomac. I think he's kind of learned like in conditions that you're not really comfortable in, and you know that you you don't feel like you're going to win or over push it. You just kind of kind of got to salvage that night, you know. And although it for some it may not, you might not think it may be the smart decision especially with Chase and Cooper right there in this uh, championship hunt. I just, you know, I think Tomac knows there's going to be other races, a lot more races that's going to be his, you know. There's going to be some nights that aren't going to be yours. Although, I mean, you give Coop that mental edge, it's, I mean, it's, it's a pretty dangerous factor in my opinion. Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, Garrett, you kind of agree with Heavy D there? Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, honestly, um, yeah, I, I try to think here. I mean, yeah, it is dangerous for Coop to get momentum. Um, I mean, Coop is, you know, he's kind of just like Eli. Uh, he's got that veteran in him. Um, I think that's why he didn't really attack Chase in the beginning or midway through the race. I think he was just watching him to see what he would do. And, you know, it, it, he got him at the end. I think that's what he was planning on, to wait for a tip over or, you know, the last two laps to start hammering him. But, um, with Eli, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it was just one of those nights he just wasn't really feeling it. Who knows if it was with the bike or just body-wise. Um, you know, I think he's smart enough. These next coming rounds are kind of his tracks. You know, you look in the past, he hasn't really done the greatest, you know, in the first four rounds. And But by the midway point, he always clicks it. You yeah. know, he always tends to just start clicking off wins especially once you get the Daytona where that's his jam. 
Um, yeah. I think yeah. once you kind of win that race, they say it's like whoever has the point series lead and who wins that race is kind of the title guy. Yeah. And I think if he manages a podium and then he start, he wins another one before Daytona, um, I forget when Daytona it is. I think it's in two weeks, right? Uh, I, so it's Oakland this weekend, I, then Arlington, then I think it's the weekend after that. But don't quote me on that. Okay, so whatever it is, I yep. mean, he's always. I want to say he's done good in Oakland, um, Arlington. I'm not sure, um, but yeah, I I think once, I, I like I said, I honestly think the title will go down between. Uh, Cooper and Eli. Yeah, I think Chase will be right in there if Chase stays on two wheels and does well. I think he'll be just fine. And that's nothing against Chase. I mean, Chase is a great rider. You know, he's he's super talented guy, super fast. We all seen it two weekends ago. Yeah, when he beat Eli by six plus seconds. Yeah, um, you hardly ever see that. But yeah. uh, you watching that main, that next main, Eli made the ground up and won that main. After like how I was looking at he race, Chase should have walked all over him. Yeah, that and... that was a big mental edge for Tomac right there. Like to be yeah, honest, after he right. just pretty much and... got his ass whooping, you know, in that heat. So yeah, and I, I think that shows the Cooper also like I'm not just the mentally strong guy in this class. Eli is is as well. Yeah. So. I honestly, me, I think it's going to come down to those three. Um, personally, by Salt Lake, if I think Daytona, like I said, if Eli wins that one by big, like he always does, um, I, I think it's going to be Eli that I think takes it in. But I, I like all those guys. I mean, whoever wins it, wins it. I like them all. Yep. But, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Just uh, just bench racing for sure. And, um, yeah, because in Daytona, I remember last year, uh, Webb had it all the way there until the end, and um, I think it was McArath that ended up getting him, uh, getting in the way a little bit there, and Tomac ended up taking the win. But um, yeah, he he could win seven this year. I think I think that that's what the uh the call is this year. So that's yeah, that's pretty crazy. But um, uh, Heavy D, anything else on on Tomac there? Just kind of an off night. Yeah, no, other than that, I think yeah, I I think it could have been all night. Like, like you know, like Garrett said, it's it could be a numerous amount of things, you know. It's it's just one of those it's one of those deals like I, I think it's like a comfortability factor. I don't ha- think it had anything to really do with him uh you know just getting beat. I just think it's just one of those nights he just really wasn't feeling it because it was I mean, rain off and on, like bike setup couldn't have been there once the rain once it rains I mean that changes the whole your whole setup and the whole game plan, you know. So it's one of those things. It's like damn if you do, damn if you don't. Absolutely. Uh, the Imperative MX podcast episode number fifteen uh, with special guest Garrett Marchbanks here on the pod. You still got a little bit longer, uh, Garrett, or do you need to uh, you need to hop off? No, no, you're good. All right, cool. Um, Justin Cooper. Uh, or actually, let's talk about AP, man. Uh, first podium of the year, and uh, I think he was the fastest guy to not have a podium leading into Tampa. And yeah, man, AP seven, he gets it done. And uh, from the very first practice that I saw, he was he was spicy out there. Uh, what'd you think, Garrett? Uh, yeah, AP honestly was riding really well. 
um, especially the round before. I thought he was in a podium there as well. Yep. I think the the restart kind of messed him up a little bit. But some guys, it's like that, you know. But uh, no, honestly, I I was pretty impressed with him. I think he's another guy that can win a main this year. Uh, no, I think I think if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's he's going to be right up there in the mix. By who knows, maybe by the end of the season. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Heavy D, Aaron, uh, Aaron Pledgender with that third this weekend? Oh, no, that was sick. You know, um, I think Garrett pretty much hit the nail on the head. I got, I know after we get off the AP subject, I want to ask Garrett something because I want, I want his take on it. Someone who's actually out there and kind of deals with it on the daily. But, yeah, yeah, what he said on AP, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, and you can't not love uh, Aaron Plessinger. And, you know, it's kind of contract year for him and uh, for him to step up uh, kind of like this. And, uh, you know, KTM had a bad year last year. We all know that. And, uh, yeah, for him and Webb, uh, you know, to uh, put it up on top of the box together is uh, is really cool. Um, Kenny had a really good ride there in fourth, was a little bit behind Aaron. And, uh, yeah, like halfway through the main, uh, you know, Tomac was maybe about a – second and a half, two seconds, and then all of a sudden, you know, two or three laps later, Kenny had like 10 seconds on Tomac, and it was just, it was very odd to see, right? But good ride for uh, Kenny. You know, he's testing a lot, you know, all the way until uh, 5, 6 o'clock. Garrett, I know what, I know you know what that's like, so uh, he's putting into work trying to get the Suzuki right. Um, are we still, uh, did you have Ken whenever he signed to the Suzuki? Did you still ha- have him as a potential winner for the year um yeah i definitely thought i mean when he came to club and test rode one of our bikes yeah um just watching the talent of you know a guy that just hops on a bike for a couple like you know three laps and then just does all the crazy rhythms that we haven't done yet <laughs> yeah obviously we can't do on a lights bike but we all want to yeah i mean he's already doing it and i remember that day because that was the day i broke my wrist but yeah. um no, it was just crazy watching how fast he was going. I mean, he was running my times, if not – I mean, he was running faster, actually, and it was his first day there. Oh, no. And – but, you know, watching how talented he is and just how smooth and fluid he is. And, I I mean, when I knew he was going to Suzuki, you know, I know Suzuki's pretty behind on certain things. But I knew if he signed over there, there's going to be a lot of attention on him, and I know – people are going to probably push really hard for him to do really well on that yeah. bike. And yeah, I definitely knew there's probably, I, I, I still believe there's probably a win in him. Um, I knew there was, I knew he was going to definitely get on the box. Just yep. didn't know when, yep. but I think honestly, you know, who knows? I think if he gels really well with the track and the bike's feeling great, I mean, I think that's a night he can definitely win on that bike. Absolutely. And especially if he gets a start heavy D. Oh Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's funny because I honestly thought he would have signed with Club because he looked good on that bike. And, I mean, it's, it's come a long ways, and everybody's working hard. And it, it goes to show, especially with, you know, you guys' results. But, I mean, it's it's crazy. I, I mean, I feel like if they if he keeps going because he stands pretty consistent, I think he could still pull off a win if he does. I mean, I think it, it would help tremendously if he does because it would – push Suzuki to actually make some change in the bike. Not to say it's a bad bike. I love Suzuki, but I think Ken getting on it and showing like, hey, you can still win on the bike like it is. Like, hey, 
and they can make it even better. I think they can. I just don't feel like they're really wanting to because of how expensive bikes are. But if he wins on it, it will push a lot of people to go get them and they would actually change it. So I definitely think he still can get a win on it. Yeah, and uh, they're actually using the AIM Solo 2 um, to do some testing with lap times and that sort of thing. Have you, uh, Garrett, have you guys down there at club used anything from AIM other than the uh, stopwatches that you guys use? Um, I don't believe so. Okay, no. okay. Yeah, they're like a um, uh, digital tachometer. They do like RPMs. They, do a, they used to do a lot of suspension. Uh, for like Geico Honda back in the day, they used to have uh, potentiometers and um, suspension travel links and all of this other stuff to get data uh, off of it. I didn't know if you guys used it, but I know the uh, stopwatches that you guys uh, use and the vlogs too. The vlogs, I almost kind of forgot about. Uh, the vlogs are cool, man. I, I really enjoy uh, the vlogs and kind of what you guys are doing with club and really doing a behind the scenes. I feel like a lot of teams and a lot of vlogs have tried to do behind the scenes. But I, I love the raw, kind of like unedited stuff that you guys are doing down there at club to give the uh, you know fans and supporters of you guys a real in-depth uh, look into the facility and what you guys do on race day and throughout the, uh, uh, the training weeks. Yeah, no, the, the vlogs are honestly really cool. Um, I wish I was kind of in more of them at the races, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this is no, just a start um, of them, I, so you'll, 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 get, you'll get your time, you know? Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, but, no, it's definitely been awesome. Uh, my filmer has actually been helping out the team a lot since I've been hurt, and uh, he's been doing a phenomenal job. Yep. Uh, but, no, I, I definitely love it. It's more raw footage. Uh, it's way different than anyone else, you know, yep. like you are saying. And, no, I, I like it. Uh, it's cool. And, uh, yeah, so uh, – Justin Cooper, it's. Uh, I don't think he's going to be in o – actually, I think he actually is on the entry list for this weekend, but uh, Brandis will be out this weekend. But Cooper, man, uh, rookie in the 450 class, I think it kind of sucks uh, that he is only doing a limited amount of races because, I mean, he's hopped in and he's right there, um, you know, uh, six, seven, eight. Uh, I think he's actually finished seventh each time he's raced uh, on the track. So – um, good for Justin Cooper, Garrett. You know, you know that has to be pretty hard to do. Yeah, no, I mean the 450 class is pretty stacked right now, and uh, no, I mean for him to get two top sevens back to back, I believe, like you're saying, I mean that's pretty impressive. Um, no, I mean they showed a little bit of TV time of him, and you know he looks really good on it, looks comfortable, and yeah, we'll see. Uh, he'll actually be probably a really good guy uh, with more seat time and in the future yeah no and he has a very good consistency record right that's what kind of justin cooper is and actually garrett if you didn't know and actually heavy d yourself i watched justin cooper from the time that he was on 65s at um the amateur uh arena cross races like on sundays and stuff <laughs> the the old uh crash right. of arena cross uh you know stuff but yeah, I watched him for a, from a very young age, and he had the skill on uh, those type of tracks. He didn't really get his name out there until uh, I think he went to his uh, to Loretta's, and then I believe he got the ride uh, for I think it, I can't remember what the team was, but anyways, um, I watched him from a very young age, and I knew he was good at 
uh, Supercross and Arena Cross, and I kind of had my eye on him for a long time. So it's uh, it's kind of cool to see that uh, I got to witness that. And sure enough, I mean, he fit right into the 450 class, kind of like what I expected. And even at the beginning of the year, man, I was I was kind of I almost wanted to do a uh, uh, race tech rant kind of almost like what Steve does on his podcast about uh, the uh, you know the same thing I felt like Justin should have got the shot at the entire year but uh, I understand that he wants to really try for the motocross championship and he's really good outdoors as well um, as supercross as well so uh, no it's really cool for him to uh, to do that but finishing in front of him Anderson man first lap gets into Barsha I mean and now he's on probation like uh, I don't get it. That's what I was wanting to talk about yeah, right there. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. Garrett, like, uh, I mean, I, I know that, y- you know, you don't know, uh, but, man, break it down for me. Like, what what do you think went on there? Uh, between Barsha and Anderson? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I know they've kind of had, I don't know, beef. I don't know what the heck they have. I mean, I know they've been going at it since, I want to say, last year. Yeah. But, uh. No, it's kind of a bummer because, you know, Anderson's really fast. We've seen it at the end of last year, you know, win those last couple of rounds. And, you know, I think if he didn't have those mistakes last year, he would have been riding the title hot with Eli. And same thing, it seems like this year, um, he's he's had a couple of mistakes, and then that one cost him definitely a, a, a podium, I feel like. Uh, just, I mean, he was right. I mean, he caught those guys so quick in the main. I mean, if, if that mistake didn't happen and he fell with Barsha, he would have probably got a third or second. Yeah. And no, he was fast all day. I, he was fast all day. Yeah. No, I I don't know what's going on. I mean, I, I don't really pay attention with that stuff. Right. I mean, right. I definitely tell uh, with, with the tweets and stuff, it kind of cracks me up. I mean, yeah. you don't have too many guys that, uh, that do that. Did but. you watch the press conference with Eli's reaction? Um, yeah, with the tweet, yeah, that was the only one I've seen. Honestly, uh, I don't really watch much of that stuff afterwards. I just kind of watch the yeah. race, and that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know if you saw a clip, but yeah, one of the guys from Cycle News, or uh, DMXS Radio, he was uh, asking Barsha about the incident when he was on uh, the podium that night and asked him about it and read the tweet back to Barsha because Barsha hadn't uh, heard anything about it or read it or anything like that and as soon as the guy said you know that bar that anderson called him a bitch tomac lost his shit <laughs> on the mic oh my god yeah. he lost his shit it was so funny but um but yeah i mean we all know that anderson can win like he's a he's a, you know a title contender coming in and i mean he's 20 points out um or actually more than that um going into uh you know this round number two what they're calling it but it's round number six right so um or whatever round it is i don't know it's round snapdragon for all i know but um yeah it's uh it's crazy that he is getting into uh the one person that you don't really want to get into and it's costing him a lot it costed him last year and it costed him and it's costing him this year again and yeah we know that he has the speed heavy d yeah i what I want to ask Gary is, like, you – well, I know because you just stay pretty clean, but you've never been fined, have you? Uh, no, very close multiple times, but no, I have not yet. The Tampa <laughs> oh, one? The, not. The, the Tampa with McAdoo, were you close? Um, 
I think a little bit there uh, from Atlanta. Yeah, that one was kind of close. Uh, that was more probation. Uh, I think last year was my closest one uh, from uh, time qualifying, I believe it was. It was, uh, oh gosh, what round was that? I want to say that was Anaheim 2. We're in time qualifying. I was rolling around the last two turns and uh, don't mean to throw him under the bus, but Mumford cleaned me out. <laughs> and I was like, and, and, said, I don't mean to throw him under the bus. <laughs> but it was just like, I was hell? on a roll lap. Yeah. Like, on a roll lap, and he cut the finish line super low, and I didn't know he was there. And when you get cleaned out or hit, like, without knowing, yeah. like, it locked my front wheel up, and I went over the bars. It just jacked me up. Like, oh my jacked God. my bike up, and I, I got up and was like, I'm going to kill this dude. I'm going to lose Do you go fulfill on him? And, and I I literally, like, pull in the pit, and his mechanic's sitting there, like, I'm so, like, just calm down. And I'm like, I'm going to kick his butt, and I'm going to kick yours, and I'm going to lose it. And, like, I'm a hothead, like, and yeah. I need to learn. But I, I, think I, I think after that moment, I've calmed down a lot. Yeah. But, yeah, after practice, I know I passed him because I had to try to get a hot lap in. My, I was all, like, flustered and riding like <laughs> crap. And I pulled off after the checkered. I waited for him, and I was just screaming at him, got his face, and I was like, let's go right now. I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to go. And it was like he was just saying stuff. But, uh, yeah, funny. I was like, I was all ready to take the glove and helmet off and ready to go. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't think I don't think he expected me to get that mad and afterwards like I think it was Monday or something he, he we texted or something and yeah. we're like we good yeah we're good he's like I I didn't mean that like that and I was like whatever that's fine whatever. just don't do it again or, or I'm gonna I'm gonna give you it back and after that we were fine we never had issues we're cool now like we talk all the time and we actually i think we made fun of it one round i was like watch out qualifying but <laughs> yeah but hey no, you I, gotta watch I, that. I, i'll put the balls yeah, on your ass <laughs> yeah and i remember uh ama came up to me and was like you know if you if you weren't gonna let go of this helmet for another two seconds we were gonna find you and i was like that would have been great because i don't got the money for it but I'll <laughs> you guys that's... like you guys take like a monthly check like yeah, I, I don't you know, do financing here <laughs> yeah like I, I'll he's, about to put, he's about to put he's about to put his interest for your layaway <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 pay it back after after the series after the season. Pay it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, see, the, like, that's that's what I wanted to ask about. It's like, all right, the whole Anderson and Barsha thing. Barsha said something about it, and it, it's funny because I kind of agree with him. And I ain't trying to put you on front street, but how how do you feel about that? Like when say Anderson took out Barsha like that. They they put him on probation. They probably find him. They didn't say anything, or they probably didn't. But they do that. They find you, and then they advertise it. Like, how how do you fit, personally, as the one racing out there, and you know you've been out front, had some a few confrontations. What do you personally think about that? Um, I think it's kind of like I mean, obviously everyone knows he's probably going to go get on probation, right? But 
Mm-hmm. I mean, for for them, the post. I mean, it's just the way of social media nowadays. They just want drama. They want hype. You know, it gets everyone excited. It gets everyone talking. I mean, that's kind of the dumb part about social media now. Yeah. And, but honestly, like, I think the best way to do it is if you're going to put a dude on probation, and you know the other dude's going to probably do it back to him, and then he can't do it back. Yeah. Even though he probably shouldn't. <laughs> You might as well just put them both on probation. Yeah. Exactly. Because, because if 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 one dude's like, "Ha ha, you're on probation. I'm gonna hit you, and you can't do anything back." <laughs> like, that's not. That's not. I feel like, okay, you could give it back once, but then if it keeps going, then it's just gonna cost both of you money. Yeah. Right. So it's like, put them both on probation. And just be like, all right, it's done over with. And then if it keeps going on, then we're going to start doing heavy fines. And then if it happens again, all right, you're out of race or two. Just because, you know, it, it, I feel like personally it's, you know, I don't know. I just feel like both of them, if, if someone gets into it, you know it's just going to keep going. So you might as well just put them both on probation. And then it's both equal. And then it's like, okay, we moved on. We can't do it now. Let's ride smart and let's get back in the points. Yeah. Right. And I think that this yeah, weekend I, in Oakland is a really big weekend for Jay, uh, for Jason. I think he needs to get on the boxer better to try to get himself back into this fight and kind of forget about what happened in Tampa. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, the dude's fast enough to win races. Uh, I could definitely see, like, you know, if, if you know – Sexton or Cooper or Eli have another bad round and he wins it. I mean, he's right back in there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's still a long series. He can creep his way back in there and then boom, he's right back in it. For sure, for sure. Um, I'm kind of looking at everybody here on the, on the list, uh, going all the way down. Um, there's really not anything crazy uh that uh really incurred really in the lcq uh i don't think anything crazy happened in the uh in the lcq um i think it was pretty straight uh through the through the uh through the lcq uh this weekend but um anyways uh you still good uh garrett we'll get through the 250 uh guys real quick and then we'll uh we'll get you out of here yeah no worries cool um Man, Hunter Lawrence, man, what a what a ride! I was watching it in the very beginning, and he was all the way in the back. And man, with about five minutes left to go, and he he passed um um uh, man, who was it in uh in second? He passed uh, oh Anstey. Right as soon as he got around Anstey, and it was fast that he got around Anstey, I was like, dude, Thrasher better better start picking up the pace here. And man, those last two two uh two corners were insane. Uh. Man, uh, Garrett, thoughts on thoughts on Hunter's performance to be able to get around Thrasher and even Thrasher, like just I guess, kind of just uh, walk me through kind of what your takeaway is from uh, from both of them. Um, I mean, definitely heartbreaking. I mean, yeah. if I was in his shoes and the lead, the whole thing, whole shot lead it. I mean that that's such a bummer. You yeah. know, you never wish on anyone. You know, he was riding great uh, all night. Um, especially with Hunter, too. I mean, yeah. and but with Hunter, I mean, you you know how the brothers ride? They ride super smooth. They're aggressive when they need to be. Uh, no, I I I, I kind of called it from the beginning. I was like, I think if if Thrasher doesn't pull a big enough gap, and Hunter gets up there fast enough, 
it, my, something might happen. Yep. And I just watched when they put the camera on Hunter with three laps to go, and I just watched the aggression. It looked like that he had way more open track than Thrasher, I think, did because mm-hmm. Thrasher was hitting lap traffic more. Yeah. But I it, it looked like he started a three lap sprint. It's like he's worked on that before, you know, like at the Avamoto, like, all right, you got to sprint it. If you want it that bad, you got to sprint. And I don't know if there was miscommunication with Thrasher and the mechanic, but like, all I know is like, if my mechanic was sitting there saying like, okay, this dude's got open track, you got to make, I, I would have told my mechanic, put on the board sprint and he's coming. Yeah. And just so you know, you could sprint that one extra lap just to maybe gap it out just enough. Yep. So you know the last lap's not going to be that intense, right? Yeah, and or you can kind of get away I, with a small little mistake, kind of like Thrasher did. I mean, he was going all the way around the outside every single lap in the sand, and finally yeah. there at the end, he went to the inside, and it ruined it for him. Yeah, I think, honestly, I mean, it's 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 hard to say. You know, you could say whatever you want watching, but you, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen yeah. in the race. Right. You know, things are going so fast, and I – you know, I was telling people, I was like, you know, if if you were in second and you were close enough to the leader, those last, the second place guy had way more of an advantage than the first place guy to win that. Yep. Because even if you want in or out, you had that last turn to cut down. And even if Thrasher went down into the inside and cut cut down super tight, all Hunter had to do was rail the outside and go on and off, and he had him. Yeah. That, they made and, that turn really hard to pass, and Hunter caught and, away with it, man. I told my dad yeah. that same thing, that same exact thing, Jerry. And I, it, it was definitely hard because I don't think, and I could be wrong, but I, I honestly don't think Thrasher thought that Hunter was going to catch him that much. I think he was like, all right, I got a six-and-a-half-second lead with two-and-a-half laps to go. You know, I've been riding great the whole main. There's no way this dude's going to make up six seconds yeah. on me in two laps. And you just watch the aggression of what Hunter did those last two laps, and it was, you know, it was all fight. That dude never gave up, and props to him. That that shows, like, he's a title guy this year in that class. Yep. And, you know, it, it got Thrasher then. I mean, like I said, it was, it was a bummer. I felt really bad for him. You know, mm-hmm. he deserved it but i mean hunter wanted it i don't know more but i mean i would say he did you know he, he came from all that way back made the fight and made it on the last last turn and made it work no kidding and that's uh championship fashion for for sure heavy d yeah dude it was it, it's funny like garrett was saying like when he like caught him and they come out of that corner i honestly feel like no matter what he would have done, like he was close enough, especially when they got in lap traffic, he was going to get him right there. Because if he'd have went inside, like Gary was saying, and rolled, and then tried to like table over single, it'd have pitched him way too high because he had to get too aggressive. And Hunter could have like easily quick owned off and yeah. went past him. So it was one of those deals. Like it was no matter what he done right there, he'd have had to basically break check him, like keep him on the outside somehow and run them high in the corner to make them tip over to keep them from passing them right there. Yeah, and still be able right. to do the on-off, too. So Yeah. Yeah, because if you don't do that on-off, like uh, Garrett, in practice, um, switching between time qualifying number one and number two, uh, I got to sit there in the stands and kind of watch what they were 
uh, working on. And the finish line, um, they took out uh, a little bit of the pocket there on the inside so the guys could, if they wanted to go onto the inside, to roll it because they actually had it pretty high on both sides. So they took that down a little bit. And then also the triple uh, out of the corner, the one that got A-Ray pretty good. Um, yeah. That one right there, they took off uh, a, a good amount of the landing um, because it was so peaked and so gnarly, they weren't able to uh, get a good run at the uh, at the whoops. But really, it didn't, it didn't really matter because the whoops were tricky and that finish line corner were tricky with the obstacles that were right after. So it really didn't... It really didn't matter. Um, but, man, yeah, Thrasher, I mean, but, hey, he's got to look at the positives here. Thrasher, you know, he's won two times at Atlanta Motor Speedway and then once in, Sa in, in Salt Lake City at a East-West shootout. So instead of a speedway or a shootout race, he needed to get on the podium or have a very good finish because his average outside of his wins was not very good. Um, so for at least him to be there in the fight, get a good start, and know what it's like to run up front, I mean, he's shown that he has the speed, right? I mean, he's beating guys straight up to get his wins at either Atlanta Motor Speedway or even the East-West Shootout with the best in the class, right? So we know that Thrasher is there, and honestly, I thought that he was going to be an underdog coming in, and um, honestly, he showed that a little bit this weekend in Tampa, and he was riding really good. It was him and Hunter that stood out to me the most uh, throughout time qualifying and practice and all of that leading into the uh, uh, main event. But, yeah, you got to look uh, – you got to keep your head forward and uh, keep looking up if you're a thrasher because I feel like he's still uh, he's still in there. And it's crazy uh, seeing Livingston, Tennessee, because I live uh, like three hours away from Muddy Creek. So, um, you know, you would think that I would have seen Nate Thrasher there, but I've never, I've never seen him there. So, um, but – uh, but yeah, any other uh, thoughts or comments on uh, Thrasher and Hunter there uh, towards the end? Um, uh, no, I think that's about it. All right, Heavy D. No, no, no. I think that's about it too. For sure. Cool. Um, man, uh, Max Anstey, uh, second time on the on the podium, um, dropping down from the 450 class, riding with the Firepower Honda, and uh, yeah, out of the uh, out of the garage at MTF with Marty. Uh, they're getting this uh, Firepower Honda and Max Anstey on the box. I mean, it's got to it's got to feel good for Max going from a uh, you know a top ten to you know uh, third. I would say ten. Well. I'd say like seven to thirteen guy, pretty much his entire fourteen uh, four fifty career without looking at his results and maybe a top five here and there. Um, but it's cool to see now that Max is having so much fun. His his interviews, you could talk. I mean, he'll talk forever, right? Um, but um, man, it's good for Max, uh, Garrett. Yeah, no, he's he definitely caught me off guard. You know, I I didn't really hear much about him. Um, in the off season, but I mean, I knew the dude was really fast. Um, just from outdoors last year, especially Red Bud, I want to say he qualified fourth or fifth yep. and had some really good rides. Um, no, I think honestly, the racing 450 class for a bit and then jumping back down to the 250 definitely helps guys, you know, uh, just experience and especially like him, a veteran like he is, the race and the lights class. Uh, I mean, I thought it helped me just racing outdoor 450 and then jumping back on the 250. Yeah. I definitely felt like I was a, a different rider. That's why, honestly, I feel like my starts were better. 
Um, I was able to control the bike a lot more. It didn't feel so as aggressive like the 450, yeah. but, uh, no, um, definitely, uh, pretty cool for him and good on him for doing so well so far. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, heavy D. Yeah, dude, I, I think it's pretty sick. Like it's pretty cool. Like say I, I got this thing, I call it battle of the barn dominions because like club shop is built out of a barn dominion. And so it's a firepower hot and like they're both running out of barn dominion. So you got the barn dominion teams out here doing work. I love it. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, it's cool to see. And uh, Hayden Deegan there in fourth got his first career uh, heat race uh, heat race win. And yeah, I mean, I, I wrote an article uh, this week uh, on the Imperative MX website on the rise uh, about Hayden Deegan. And right there before I started started it, you know, I called myself out and said, you know, I really didn't think that he was that he was ready. I I didn't. I saw the futures. I really thought the pressure was just going to get to him and it was going to be tough, but. Man, he, he, he definitely proved me wrong. Um, and, you know, and, uh, I mean, he's been beating Jeremy Martin. Uh, Jeremy, you know, fell in the in the, um, uh, in the the corner or had a mistake there because uh, I never, actually never saw the mistake. I just know that. Did he go down, Garrett? Um, yeah, round one, he, uh, in the last lap, he did something weird the, in the whoops, kind of got pushed off the side. And uh, hit the tough block and stalled the spike. I got you. Yeah, because I actually never saw a video of it. But um, no, I mean, yeah, I got to give it up to Hayden, and it looks like uh, he's on a he's on a roll, and he could be uh, potentially on the podium here pretty soon. What about uh, Hayden Deegan's performance, Garrett? Yeah, I mean, he's he's riding pretty solid. Um, he's you know, loose, I, though. I, he is never... loose. He's loose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's definitely, you know, he's got that rookie in him, you know, yep. just going for it, kind of, you know, hoping for the best. Whatever happens, happens. But, uh, yeah, you know, we've seen it. We've seen it in outdoors at Ironman, that one moto. And, um, but no, I mean, he, he is running good. I'm not going to take that away from him, you know, from that two back to back top fives. That's really, that's really impressive. I, I had him around five to eight. Yeah, kind of uh, like where in. Chance is, kind of where, where Chance is, right there around that 6, 7, 8 range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where I had him. I and that's not nothing being disrespectful. That's just for an average rookie, you know. Right. A lot of us come in that way. I mean, I came in with not a whole lot of experience in Supercross. I struggled really, really bad. Yep. Um, I never really got a – I never got that Supercross prep like a lot of kids did. And – yeah, I mean, just going in, I remember my first time riding Soupy with the pro guys. I mean, I was five seconds off of AC during that time. And it, I definitely had to work for it. But yep. round one, I was lucky enough. It was a little bit of a mutter A1 in 2019. And uh, I think it came out with a fifth. Yep. And was I was up there. I, I was pumped on it. And But after that, I... I definitely showed my rookie, you know, mistakes just with crashes or getting tangled up with people. And, but no, um, it's, uh, really impressive for him. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be those mistakes that slip up here and there, but, uh, the heat race, heat race was, uh, pretty good. You know, a lot of the top guys kind of made mistakes and fell back. Yep. So that was good. He was able to capitalize on that and, uh, come, come out with that win. Yeah, no kidding. It was cool to see. I mean, you know, you got to hear the crowd and everybody uh, stoked for him. So it was, uh, it was very cool to see, and it's it's kind of cool to uh, have a guy, you know, kind of uh, 
forgetting about the YouTube success and where he comes from, right? Like you have to put in the work to get to where he is and what, where he's finishing, right? Like you have to be putting in the work behind the scenes. You have to be doing uh, everything uh, to make it to that point. And um, absolutely, he's doing really well. Uh, Heavy D? Yeah, like, you know, like I said, it all goes back to it. I mean, can, I think he can attest to this, too. I mean, I don't know how he really feels. But like I say, for him, like in the amateur ranks, it was one of those deals where, I mean, he was at the top. Like, And we we can ask Gary when I get done. But I, I feel like, you know, if you're going and you're just dominating everybody, you it's a point like you have nothing else to gain in the amateur ranks. You got everything to lose because – you're only out there letting the competition catch up to you. So the next thing to do is go pro. I mean, Garrett was at the top. Like, I, I feel like, you know, in the amateur ranks. So, like, I understand he didn't have a lot of Supercross prep. But, I mean, dude, I mean, he went to Daytona and he won. But I feel like that's one of those things with Deacon. Like, you know, I, I forgot. I meant um, Garrett said he had him around, what, 6th, 7th or 7th or 8th, I think he said. Yep. And... I just feel like me personally, he's one of those kids, man. Like, and I'm, I, this is just my observation of it. He's one of, if he gets out front, he's hard to guard because he, he knows how to run in clean air. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's the same with Garrett. If Garrett gets out front, he's going to be hard to guard. I, I guarantee if Garrett gets out front, you'll see a totally different dude. Some people, you got some kids that just, when they get out front, they can run out front way better than they can coming through the pack. And you got some that just know how to come through the pack. But, you got those ones. If they get out front, you can cancel Christmas because they gone. And I remember that night, Garrett won Daytona. When he got out front, I was like, "Well, you get this one because he's out of here. You ain't catching him." Yeah, you had that. You had that section in the very in the very back. Um, it was coming out of the left hander, and I believe it was a, it was like a triple on off triple, and you went inside because it was a split lane. You went inside, outside, and then you were able to triple, triple, triple the next section, and that's where you were gaining so much time. I think it was – was it right before the straightaway? Uh, so, no, there was uh, – you had the whoop section. You went left, and there was this little funky rhythm, and they built it super uneven, so we couldn't go, I believe, like 3-3-3, three, 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 or is like 2-3-3. Three, three. Yeah, something like and that. And yeah. whatever the rhythm was – Whatever the rhythm was, we weren't able to do a certain rhythm. And I remember, I can't remember the, what we were doing yeah. at the moment, but I remember in practice, trying not to make this whole story, but the team was like, oh, I think you got that three. I think you got it. And I was like, dude, I ain't doing that. That face <laughs> no, is out. so flat. <laughs> I was like, that face is so flat. No one's going to do it. And no one did. So I was like, all right, I ain't doing it. And... We went into the main, and I remember I just kind of, like, brain farted off the rhythm, and I just kept it wide open, and I hit it, and I said, oh, shit, I just hit that triple, and I did not mean to do that. Oh, boy. So it was kind of one of those ones where, like, a first-time guy leading messes up and then crashes and loses the lead, right? Yeah. And you kept it I, together. I, and I iced it and then threed out. I remember looking back and you didn't even do that. And I was like, oh, my God, I could win the race doing this line. Yep. So I was like, <laughs> yep. all right. Yep. And then then there was an the option. I was going, I think it was like two on off into the sand. It was a ski. 
And yeah. then that was the option where you could go roll table over single or on off. Yeah. And that was the other section where to go on off, you had to take the whole outside. It was one huge massive rut all the way yes. off the face. Yeah, and the inside and, rut was insane. Yeah, and so was the outside. Yeah, and dude, the whole thing was I insane. remember leaving <laughs> Yeah, and I remember leaving that race and I remember I thought it was like we're three laps in, they're like halfway, and I'm like, Holy crap, I could win this thing. And <laughs> oh, like, yeah. y'all messed up now. And, <laughs> and I was like, All right, don't do what you did in practice. Hit your marks, ride smooth. If you have to push a little more, do it. And then I found another line was after the sand there, after the finish. Um, because I remember you went over the little wall, right, left, and into the triple before the whoops. Yep. And the left up the triple, no one was going inside, only four fifties. Mm. And I remember I did it the triple just fine mid main. I just decided to hit it for some reason. Yeah. And was like, oh, I'm pulling them here too a little bit. <laughs> so I started hitting those lines the last three laps. And I remember, all right, just hit the marks. If you get this on off, you're going to win this race. Because then the three was easy in the back and on off was super gnarly. Yeah. And I seen with a lap to go, he messed it up. And I remember I was kind of just like, not being cautious, but I was like, all right, just going to hit the marks, just get through. And I could hear him right on me. I was like, all right, don't let him get a wheel on you until the on-off, and then he's going to mess it up. And I remember I did the on-off. I looked back in that next turn, he messed it up. I was like, holy uh, shit, let's he just go. won. Like, yep. he just got it. And yeah, no, that, that was very exciting. I mean, a lot of people take it away because, it's yeah, it's an outdoor-style track, whatever. But, I mean, I, I still remember going to the press conference, and Eli, I mean, it's Eli Tomac. The yeah. dude's a, a bad mofo. And yeah. the dude came up to me and was like, did you really go two, three, three in the back? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, he was like, he's like, did you mean to do that? And I almost want to be that cocky guy. Like, Oh yeah. I didn't, hell yeah, yeah. Did that. <laughs> Definitely not. I didn't want to be that guy. So I was like, hell no, I did not mean to do that. I was on accident. Oh, he's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, I was on accident. He's like, you're you're an idiot. Well, that was sick. You're I was an like, idiot. Yeah. Man, man. Um, I rode that train. I said, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna do that." Get your yeah, weight up. And, Where you at? Yeah, and yeah, I remember. Oh, I, I still remember that. And That's I mean, I remember it wasn't just Eli. It was Dino and a bunch of people came up to me that next week and yep. it was just like, "Dude, we watched film and we don't get how you did that. Like, no one did that." And yep. I was like, "I don't know. I guess it was just one of those days." You know, something clicked in me, and I was feeling it, and I don't know. My bike was just like, we're going to get over everything perfect, and we'll have a perfect race. So, no, that was honestly the perfect night for me, you know, to lead every lap in the heat dang near and to lead every lap in the main, and it, it was a perfect night. Yeah. I mean, I – Oh, I'd have told him. You know, oh, yeah, I, I'm I, him. That's why I got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nah. I, I, I he said, I'm uh, humble. He said, I'm humble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and – I couldn't have wished for a better a better way to win it. You know, I was I was it wasn't handed to me. Yep. Um you know, I had the I had the fight to do that was the remain reigning champ and you know, it it was it was awesome. It it was it was a great feeling and uh yeah. No, it's cool to go back and relive that. And yeah, I, I, you know, like I said in the beginning before we got started, you know, I, I, I remember that. 
I remember you doing that right off the rip in that very first lap or whatever it was, and I was like, oh, dude, if he could do this every single lap because nobody's done it, he's got it in the bag 100%. doesn't matter who's behind him. And sure enough, yeah, like you said there at the end, you held it all together. But, no, that's uh, that's awesome, and that's probably one of the reasons why you fight every single day to get back, uh, get back up there and keep riding and training and do all the things that you do for sure, huh? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I told myself after that that day, it was like, you you can do this. This is why you do it. You did it as a kid, as an amateur against all these guys. Why can't you keep doing it now? And, you know, even though I blew my knee out and had, you know, some rough times, I still feel like my speed is, I mean, it's still competable against the top guys. And I know some people can argue with me and but, I mean, honestly, these past two years, it's been rough, but I have shown podium speed. I mean, at Atlanta 1, when Thrasher won, I mean, I was right there closing the gap on yeah. him with two laps to go in second. And, I mean, there there has been races with mistakes. And, you know, that's got to go also with the bike. I mean, we were a small team learning and building. And, you know, I, I definitely felt like this year the team put all the pieces together. I feel like I put all the pieces together helping the team and, I definitely felt like this was a 2020 Garrett that could, you know, have good starts and compete for race wins and podiums and hopefully be, you know, competing for the title by Salt Lake. Yeah, no, that would, so, that'll be good. It'll be, it'll be good for, uh, are you, uh, are you just focusing on just the motocross or are you going to come back for any soupies this year? Um, so I got good news on Tuesday this week. Um, I'm getting my surgery on Monday. Um, to get the plate out, they said it's a two to three week wait to start riding. Okay. So super excited on that. That's Um, awesome. You know, I've been, besides that, I mean, been grinding my butt off just, you know, just, um, cycling and doing all that, the gym and, you know, it's been a lot of hard work more I've worked out than any time I have before, uh, just cause I'm that hungry to get back at it. I mean, I've lost a decent amount of weight too cool uh just so when lights outdoors comes i'm i'm ready and hopefully getting off the gate good uh yeah yeah. get some starts get some starts yes so i'm happy i mean this is the lightest i've been since 2020 um so it's been good i mean to get back on the bike i'd like to if if everything goes perfect i'd like to race the last three to four rounds okay but if not if if it doesn't work out i'd like to just get ready and come out swinging for outdoors cool cool yeah because i'm gonna try to go out the salt lake uh at the end of the year if uh if i can and uh no that would be uh that would be cool um uh we talked about hayden already and we'll go through the rest of these uh just a little bit and uh uh yeah so uh jeremy we already spoke on him he got fifth uh good ride uh coming out of him the bikes look good garrett the the bikes for the military appreciation and the fxr gear i mean it looked good yeah, no, that was probably one of my favorite bikes I I seen over the weekend. I, I would say it is my favorite bike. I mean, I, I want to say it was the only team that had you know the full camo going on. So yeah. I was super pumped on that to see that we're we're supporting that. So yeah, no, it, and it's cool too. I mean, just walking around the uh, the fan fest. I mean, there were a lot of people over at the Club MX rig, so it's uh it's cool to see. Uh, Tom Vial, uh, he got sixth. And uh, yeah, it's good. It's good that uh, he almost had a podium at the first round in Houston, but 
another rookie to Supercross pretty much, you know, and they kept him a little bit longer so that he could ride this East Coast, which I think was the best option for them. Um, but, yeah, Tom Vial, two-time uh, motocross uh, MXGP champion, and uh, it's cool to see him out here racing, and, uh, man, he looks good while doing it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I honestly didn't even know he was a two-time champ, not being rude. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I don't really, nothing either. against, <laughs> yeah, uh, nothing against the Euro guys. I don't really watch that stuff. Right. Uh, I just kind of pay attention to the States. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, um, I didn't know how good he was going to ride. I mean, especially, I mean, if he's like, he's the two time champ out there, obviously when you come to the U S you're going to have that experience like a veteran. Um, so I mean, I wasn't really surprised for him to run in the top three. Those guys are usually pretty solid when they uh, go into Supercross. Fernandez was like that as well. Yeah. Uh, Marvin, too, right? No, so, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, he, he's been running really good. Uh, yeah, I, I won't be surprised if he's up there running for possible wins at the end of the season or in that top three again like he was round one. Yeah, no kidding. Heavy D, Tom Vial. Oh, yeah, he's been solid. Like, I honestly didn't. I heard of him, but I didn't realize he was a two-time champ. I just thought he was one of the – he just ran up front a lot. Yeah. But I was, like, wrong about that. But it's crazy. I think those dudes come over here and do good at Supercross because, I mean, they literally just ride a lot of tracks that's just rutted. So you got to you gotta be good with your line selection. So, I mean, it just kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah, no, I've been uh, I've been hip on the MXGP series for a long time, and I I watch it as well for the weekends that are off or uh, their races are on Sundays. So uh, anytime that our series aren't going on, I watch them. And let me tell you, whenever we go to the motocross, I'm going to tell you, I, I wouldn't be surprised, Garrett. I wouldn't be surprised if you have some battles with uh, the two-time champion. I would not be surprised. Uh, he he's he's good uh, outdoors for sure, and I, I don't think that him going to a new track and all of that is going to hold him back. He's he's very good at that stuff. So um, be on the lookout for him, Michael uh, Moseman. Uh, I, I'm kind of a little iffy on what's going on with him this season. I thought he would really be up there, kind of like last year, uh, potentially get on you know uh, some wins and all of that. But yeah, like a sixth and a seventh the past two weekends, it's been kind of kind of odd um i wonder if he's having troubles with the bike or what the case may be any thoughts garrett um i mean round one was kind of rough on him i think just with the crashes and stuff i mean you can't ever count out Moseman. i mean he's super aggressive uh fast rider you know i've raced him for a long time yep um so you I, I wouldn't always count him out uh no i think just last weekend you gotta remember he got put on the ground to the main so yeah so i mean that that costs a lot i mean sometimes when the guys are coming to the pack and that happens you lose a lot of the momentum and sometimes it's hard to get going again yeah and And tom and i I think tom and jordan fell uh in the sand section in the beginning too so there were a lot of guys that were on the ground in the very beginning too yeah so i honestly think like if everyone can stay on two wheels especially like you said uh like Jordan, Bial, and uh, Smith – or not Smith, I'm sorry, Moseman, I think those guys are going to be up in that top five battle. And for, I mean, honestly, the two to the, the sixth spot is honestly anyone's if uh, they all stay on two wheels. Yeah, no, and it makes it interesting. Uh, people say that it's a depleted field, but, I mean, 
you look at it, I mean, there's race winners, there's champions, um, you know, in this class. So it's a, it's a pretty deep class. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about Chance Hymas, you know, his rookie uh, debut coming in and solid inside the top 10, not really making too much chaos, just being consistent. Um, I think it's a good start for him. Yeah, no, he's riding good. And uh, now we'll see what he can do with the rest of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, any thoughts on uh, Moseman or uh, Hymas, Heavy D? Oh, uh, no, no, no. I'm good on there. Cool. Um, just looking down through the list, I mean, Jordan Smith was fast all day, but he got he got 15th. He fell in the sand, and then while he was catching back up, he went off the track and almost crashed uh, there towards the end. But um, And um, we just had uh, – Luke Nice, you know you know Luke a little bit. He trains down there at club. We actually just uh, we had Luke on the podcast last week, and uh, we actually just had his dad. He's a local legend to the North Carolina area. If you did not know uh, who Jim Nice is, uh, Luke's dad, but he he was a he was a legend around the North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina area back in the day. So it's cool to see uh, Luke, and he's doing it on the privateer all by his own. And um, you know he's been at club for. Uh, quite a while, and I know that you train with him a little bit, uh, Garrett. Speak on uh, speak on Luke Nice a little bit. Yeah, Luke's a pretty talented rider as well. I mean, super smooth. I mean, uh, just I don't know. He's just a talented guy. You know, it's pretty cool watching him ride with how he uh, you know controls the bike on certain rhythms. Uh, I mean, he's just super technical with it. If that makes sense, but. Uh, no, I, I raced Luke growing up, uh, super fast kid. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't really gotten to train with him a whole lot this year. I think yeah. I rode with him once or twice as well, but no, super good kid. And, uh, yeah, I hope the best for him. Hope he gets back up there in the top 10 and does good. Yeah, no, cause in 2021, he was, he was up there, uh, close to the top 10 and no, it's uh cool. And did you, did you know anything about his, about his dad at all? Oh yeah, when I first came to the Carolinas, uh, I I knew about his dad. Okay, yeah, yeah no, he was he uh, dude in Arena Cross. That's where Luke gets all his good technical form from. Is from his dad from Arena Cross and uh, his Supercross background as well. He got a second in Supercross in '98. Did you know that? No, right, I did not know that. Right behind Ernesto Fonseca in 1998. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so. Uh, he definitely has a background, so no, it's cool. And uh, man, Garrett, I appreciate you coming on to uh, to talk. Uh, we're going to Oakland this weekend uh, for a little bit of the switch to the uh, 250 West class, and obviously we're going to have the 450 class, uh, which is highly uh, highly anticipated. Uh, give me your winners for this weekend uh, in Oakland. Uh, for which class you talking? Uh, let's do both. Oh man, you're gonna put me on the spot. Yeah, I'm gonna um, put, hey, hey, we're gonna get we're gonna give our predictions as well. This is not a right or wrong answer. It's just kind of what you think, and whatever happens, happens. You know. Um, I mean, for the lights class, oh, man. I mean, as much as I want Jeremy to win, um, I I just think he needs a little bit more time. But I would say, oh, man, I want to say it's gonna go probably Hunter. No, we're going Oakland, uh, Oakland, West Coast. So we're so we're going the Jets club. Oh yeah, Jets. I'm so I'm so sorry. No, you're yeah, good. Yeah, no, I'm you're good. No, yeah. no, you're good. You're good. Um, oh, man, you got uh, Jet McAdoo, Shoot, I'm uh, Enzo, yeah, I'm just trying to think uh, who's all healthy. Um, yes. 
I think I'm going to go Jet. Um, actually, no, I'm going to go RJ, Jet, and then, um, oh, man. You can I want to say uh, probably Mac McAdoo. All right, so you got uh, Jet, RJ, and uh, McAdoo, and then uh, who you got in uh, four fifty? So you can just give me your winners if you want. I didn't. It, oh, okay. Yeah, just oh, give me your winners. No, no, you're saying. Oh, I thought you were saying podium. I'm so sorry. No, sorry, you're you're you're, you're, you're uh, good. It's it's ten o'clock, man. You know. <laughs> uh, no, you're good. Uh, I'll, I'll take RJ for the win in lights. Okay. And then I'm gonna take. Uh, shoot. I'd like to say probably Anderson. Okay. All right. He's going to bounce back this weekend. Uh, Heavy D, what about you? 450 and 250. Oh, man. So, okay, hold on a second. 450, I, I'm going to say this because I just seen, like, the track map. I forgot who posted it, but I just seen it. 450s, I'm going Cooper. Okay. Uh, For back-to-back. And... um. 250s. <clears throat> Shoot. I'm going to say Jet just because I feel like he wants some redemption from the Triple Crown. So I'm going Jet. All right. Uh, for the 450 class, I'm going to go Sexton. I've uh, He's had two weekends in a row where he should have won. So hopefully this third uh, time around, uh, he'll, get, he'll get the job done. Um, uh, I think that he can uh, bounce back and uh, and and get the win. He shows that he's uh, the fastest guy just about every single weekend. It's just about putting it together. Those uh, those last couple of laps are just in the main event in general. Uh, so I got Sexton for the win. Uh, so all three of us have different winners. So that's uh, so that's cool for uh, everybody tuning in and the listeners here. But uh, in the 250 class, I'm going to go McAdoo. I'm going to go different as well. Uh, McAdoo has done well in Oakland in the past. Uh, and, um, yeah, I think McAdoo is uh, – it, it needs to get PC back on. Uh, McAdoo – or not McAdoo, but um, – uh, Mumphy was supposed to be there this weekend, uh, but he's still injured or got hurt again. Uh, so PC just really needs a pick me up right now. Like they could use a couple drinks because uh, I mean, man, the team has not done uh, very well with keeping the riders. Or, I mean, not the team, but uh, just the riders have crumbled these last couple of weeks. So I want I want to see kind of PC uh, get back on top, uh, just so they're not in a drought anymore. So I'll go McAdoo. So. Uh, no, that's our predictions. And uh, Garrett, like I said, once again, I appreciate you uh, coming on here to the Imperative MX podcast brought to you by FXR. Uh, what's one of the best things uh, that you love about FXR and uh, why you guys run it? Man, their gear is just probably one of the comfiest sets I've ever worn. You know, just especially, you know, the tight fitting, the stretchy material. It feels like you're not even wearing the set of gear, especially in the summer for how vented it is. I mean, I would say it's one of the most vented set of gears I've ever wore. Um, you know, just everything about it's great. I love their stuff. Uh, great product. Yeah, no, for sure. So go and check out fxrracing.com. Best in sizing, fitting, and uh, venting in uh, myself and Garrett Marchbank's opinion. And it will be also for you. So go and check out fxrracing.com to get some new set of gear for uh, the brand new 2023 season, but Garrett, man, I uh, want to appreciate you coming on and uh, and talking a good little bit about Tampa from this weekend, and we'll get you on uh, at some point. And uh, yeah, good luck uh, on the on the healing process and the surgery coming up. And man, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, man, have a good night.
Man, it was awesome to have Club MX, FXR, Muckoff. Uh, I said that completely backwards, but we're still going to go with it. Uh, Garrett Largebanks here on uh, the Imperative MX podcast. It was cool uh, that he sat with us the entire time, was willing to go through. I didn't know how much time he had. And, uh, yeah, no, he was really into it, and uh, he knows the sport and watches it, obviously, and uh, keeps an eye on everything. And, yeah, no, it was good to hear his opinions and his uh, mental thoughts on uh, some of the things. And we even asked him some, you know, some tough questions about – uh, certain topics. So no, it was cool to hear from uh, from Garrett. We haven't talked to him for a little bit, Heavy D. Oh yeah, dude, it was awesome. It's it's, it's cool like having him on and getting his take on everything and yep. getting his true honest opinions and hearing some funny ass stories, dude. I, we we had killer stories. Yeah, no, we had a lot of good laughs in there for sure. And uh, no, he's a he's a good personality. He shows it. I mean, he was uh, onto our smaller podcast compared to. Uh, a lot of the other ones that have bigger names that are, you know, host and co-host of those, like, it's cool for him to want to come on for damn near an hour and, you know, 10, an hour and 15 minutes to talk to us uh, just about anything and give us his actual, you know, an honest uh, opinion answers. Uh, so it's uh, it's very cool for him to do that, especially for, for us. And uh, we got to thank FXR for, uh, for helping us out, uh, getting him here on the Imperative MX Podcast, and what a phenomenal episode, number 15 here on the Imperative MX Podcast. Spoke about upcoming events and races around the surrounding North Carolina and Virginia area this weekend. We had the infamous Dirt Industries Local Legend segment back with a top legend in a lot of people's eyes, including myself and Heavy D's, and I think about a lot of other people's eyes, uh, Jim Neese. We had him on. It was very cool to talk to him about Luke, about his racing career, about uh, what he thinks about uh, local racing and all of that. And then finally, we had Muckoff's FXR Club MX rider Garrett Marchbanks uh, call in, which actually, if you guys did not know, I hit him up about three hours before we had uh, the podcast here, and he was down for it. So, like I said, very cool, awesome. Uh, about an hour long, and man, we talked about a lot in uh, in uh, the world of Monster Energy AMA Supercross, and it is very cool uh, to see, and all of the racing action from Tampa Supercross, and much more we got into here on this episode, and uh, big thanks again to the companies who make this possible, West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, and the brand new sponsor on board, Mika Metals. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Imperative MX Podcast. Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Find us on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere that you find your podcast now. Go and check out ImperativeMX.com. Check out the banner at the top for all of the company logo links and buy your products from them. And, uh, yeah, check everything out. And uh, we appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much from myself, host Zach Newberry, and co-host... Heavy D. We're out. It's my jam. Yeah. <laughs>